Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Hello and top of the morning to ya. Hi to hi. Thanks for coming back. I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. And you have found another wonderful episode of the Grave Plot Podcast, a member of the Pod Guys Network, podguysnetwork.com. Um... So, you may have wondered why we did that stupid intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, because we are going to be reviewing later on, <clears throat> not only the original Leprechaun, but the remake, reboot... Pre-boot? Pre-mark. I, I, I hate to use the word pre-boot and to encourage this kind of behavior, but I feel like that's probably the best. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um whatever anyway um but origins i don't did you even say it? yeah leprechaun, leprechaun origins. origins yeah um anyway so how are you taylor i'm doing well we uh we originally had planned to do this episode for st patrick's day yeah it would have made a lot of sense but uh the release of leprechaun origins was pushed back until just this last week was it even that it was pushed back I believe the original plan was for it to come out around, because we had it on our calendar. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and that would have made sense. Um, I don't know. It's been a while, so I don't quite remember, but... Yeah, I think it was pushed. Yeah. Fucking WWE. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, because it makes sense to put out a Leprechaun movie in August. Because why not? Sure. So, here we are. Now we look like the assholes, because we're the ones doing a Leprechaun episode in August. And, you know, it didn't even get a theatrical release. It went straight to it VOD. Did. It oh, got it a did. limited one. Oh. Um, but it's weird, because it actually came out in theaters on the 22nd, and then came out on VOD on the 26th. The, with the limited theater runs, that's pretty standard, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I mean, I, I've actually seen before. I actually just saw it the other day. I can't remember what movie it was, but, like, the VOD actually started before the theater release. That's so weird. Yeah. And it's a it's a strange time we're living in. Indeed. Technology! <laughs> um, speaking of which, uh, hopefully you guys heard our Drunken Cinema for Friday the 13th. Uh, that was your pick for the remake, Madness. Um, we had fun doing it. I uh, hope you guys... Drank along with us, watched along with us, and had some fun. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anything new? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I guess it's about, it's about the same here. I'm getting over being sick. I was actually really? s- sick when we recorded, or... I don't know. I've been getting over being sick for a while. It seems like getting like the the aftermath always seems to last longer than the actual cold <laughs> itself. Because um, now all the shit that was in my sinuses, now I'm coughing it all up. And uh, lovely, yeah. And so I was dealing with that on on uh, Saturday when we were doing the drunken cinema. A good or, thing you were drinking then, because that always helps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It stopped me from coughing. Well, that's something. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, yeah, so I guess that's it for us. Um, not, the, not the show. We still have a whole <laughs> that's show. That's it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, so, 
God, what do we have for this episode? We have we have an episode with uh, uh, writer director Mike McMurrin, who is campaigning to get his movie Secret Santa made, um, and we'll run that later on in the episode. But this first, is, it's a it's a holiday. Yeah. episode but it's just every holiday yeah we got a christmas movie we got th- uh thanksgiving no nope <laughs> we're also gonna review thanks killing no Again. no <laughs> uh, uh st patty's day and everything but halloween but that's coming it is coming Yay, two months we got something special coming up well it's it's this special is a, this is a squeaky chair they're all squeaky they're old they're fucking your chairs. I thought so. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so I guess let's just go ahead and jump on in and start off with some horror business. Alright, start off with... Um, We've mentioned before how much we love the movie Trick or Treat, you know, once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the director and and creator and writer of, of the Trick or Treat franchise, I guess you'd call it, since there is kind of a precursor, like a you know, there was animated shorts, there are digi- there are actual shorts on. Uh, well, God, they probably won't be doing those anymore. Mm. Oh, that's sad. With the demise of Fearnet, they will probably won't be doing those holiday shorts anymore. Yeah. Um, but the feature of Trick or Treat, the upcoming sequel, um, which we're really excited for. Aside from that, <laughs> Mike Doherty, he announced... Before that. Before the sequel. Right. So Okay. Um, Mike Doherty announced that he will be doing a movie, uh, a Christmas movie, titled Krampus. And we've... Discussed with you before when we, I think when we first talked about this, or maybe it was when we were talking about the Kevin Smith movie. Who knows? Um, uh, Krampus is kind of a. Uh, We've discussed Krampus a few times. I think the first time was actually on our, our Christmas episode. Could have been. We discussed the Krampus a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about how like there are no Krampus movies. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> and now there's like seven of them coming out. Right. But yeah, just a short recap Krampus is a basically a Christmas time demon. More like kind of Norwegian or um, Scandinavian, Scandinavian. Uh, origins. Uh, he collects up bad children. Well, you know, while, while St. Nicholas delivers gifts to good children, Krampus delivers or collects up bad children, whips them with... Uh, Beats them with a switch. With a switch, yeah, and uh, and carts them off. Uh, there's presumably either to hell <laughs> or he takes them back to his home and eats them. So. I think there's one that believes he throws them in the river, too. Or that, sure. Um, you know, different strokes. Yep. Um, anyway, so, we announced before that Michael Doherty has a Krampus movie coming out. There's now a release date attached to it of November 25th, 2015, which is, has got to be a right around Thanksgiving. Oh, let's check. Yeah, just in time for the beginning of December, though. That, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which I think is probably the more deliberate reason. Yeah, two days before Thanksgiving, 2015. So Interesting. It's a Wednesday. Very interesting. Yeah, it might be... They might be just be planning for a VOD release and not theatrical. Could be. Because I don't think Trick or Treat got a 
theatrical release. It was supposed to, but there was all kinds of bureaucratic bullshit. And right. It, it, yeah, it ended up being just straight to DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah. Uh, theme of the movie is it's based on an ancient legend about a pagan demon who punishes the wicked. Uh, so, this is exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to see more stuff from Darty. Yeah, uh, he has a very clear vision i mean it, 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 it'll be good to see like another kind of like holiday themed christmas themed horror movie yeah there's although we do we discuss this later in our interview with mike McMurrin, but there, there's a lot of christmas themed horror movies surprisingly like to, to think about it there aren't but when you actually look into yeah, it yeah like i mean if you go on the list there's like silent night deadly night black christmas um santa sleigh since yeah i mean there's uh, there's got to be like an rare exports there's there, a there's surprising gotta, amount yeah there's got to be like uh, i mean aside from all those just like little known indie movies that like we're not even aware of there's got to be an unfathomable amount of, <laughs> of those yeah just floating around I, I think there might be more christmas horror movies than halloween horror movies that, that could be maybe because halloween is just so obvious I think they're just trying to counterbalance the the joy that Christmas is supposed to have, and so it, like if you just start out at that level, it's easier to bring it down. Sure, uh, I don't know why people are always trying to bring down Christmas. Though. <laughs> I'm just saying because it's it's such a joyous occasion that it's easy to make it more traumatic. Sure, as a horror. But yeah, this uh, this synopsis is very very bare bones, and I'd mm-hmm. like, like to hear a little more about what the movie is actually going to be about. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I'm sure we'll hear more as time goes on, and we will continue to keep you guys updated as we hear more. So, a while back we reviewed a movie called Stitches pretty good <laughs> it was something it was, sur- it was surprisingly good from like, <clears throat> from an irish director this is yeah. a very theme show we've got well, two two separate themes going on but <laughs> from an irish director yeah yeah director by the name of connor mcmahon and he has a new movie coming out um no release date yet but it's called the dark it's about a young couple on a road trip through the Irish countryside who encounter an ancient force of evil. It sounds familiar. <laughs> Again, very very bare bones kind of synopsis. But, I mean, like I said, it sounds familiar. It sounds like... Leprechaun Origins. Leprechaun Origins, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this has got to be better. But we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that, that later. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like this is going to be a lot more serious than Stitches. It's not going to have comedy elements, as far as I can tell. Yeah, which <clears throat> I think those were the elements that made, like, to me at least, that's what made me enjoy Stitches, the fact that it had those comedy elements, but it was so dark. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, this is, uh, it's being released by MPI and Dark Sky Films, and it's starring... How do you pronounce that? Niam? <laughs> Fucking Gaelic names. <laughs> Niam, Algay, S- Stephen Cromwell, and Jer- Jerry O'Brien. Jerry. That's Scottish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but yeah, that's who it is. I don't know who any of those people are, so. Oh, Brian, no, sorry. The way you were saying it was Scottish. Oh. Okay. Jetty. <laughs> it's be Jerry O'Brien. Okay. Oh, Brian. <laughs> so, be on the lookout for that if you want. <laughs> or don't. What do I care? <laughs> oh, no, not I. So, um, we've talked to you guys before about the kind of the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I don't know where you're going with this. The archetype, the theme. Trope. Trope, thank you. That's the word. <laughs> of the, the final girl or, or the survival girl. Uh, survivor girl. My nose is still stuffed, so I can't pronounce certain the letters. Survival girl. Fuck you. Um. Anyway, so yeah, basically just the the last girl, the one that usually kills the slasher, is like the only one to survive in the movie. Um, if you don't know what it is, then watch Behind the Mask. He explains it. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen Behind the Mask, just watch Behind the Mask. It's a fucking great movie. It is a great movie. Um, that's actually a possibility for an upcoming Drunken Cinema. Upcoming meaning it'll happen Spoilers. eventually. Spoilers! Do we need to keep those secret? I don't know. Maybe. It could be a fun surprise. <sighs> Back on topic. Anyway, um, so, and I'm sure a lot of you have seen The Expendables. What we're, uh, what uh, is being worked on now by writers William Butler and Patrick De- J. Duty <laughs> um, is a movie called... <laughs> Boop. <laughs> oh... And we just lost, like, half of our listeners. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> um, anyway, so they're working on a movie called The Survivors, which is basically The Expendables starring famous Survivor girls. Uh, Heather Langenkamp from Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, also Amanda Weiss from Elm Street. Um, Adrian King from Friday the 13th. Jordan Ladd from Cabin Fever. What? She's not a Survivor girl. She was like the first one to die. <laughs> Although she was a survivor girl in Club Dread. It's true. She was. Penelope. <laughs> um, so there you go. They just should have put that instead of putting Cabin Fever. Right. Uh, Patricia Tallman from Night of the Living Dead 1990. And Deborah Foreman from Waxwork. Uh, also April Fool's Day. Um, the theme is, is a longtime horror film nerd. Uh, sorry, this is, was this a quote from... I hope it's duty. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. It's from William Butler. Uh, <clears throat> as a longtime horror film nerd and filmmaker, my head is spinning with joy at the chance to get to meet with all these remarkable actresses. Uh, I am so proud of this project. It's really a fanboy's dream come true. Yeah, it is. I get it. Yep. <laughs> um, this film is not only going to be one hell of a ride, but the ultimate gift to all the fans that we... That we genre performers love so much. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't really say much about the movie. I'm, I'm kind of wondering where they're going to go with this. Um, I'm surprised I didn't put it on here, but it's 
from what I understand, it's about a group of kids who witness a murder or some somehow interact with this serial killer, and then he comes back later when they're adults and they have to try and take him out. Which so it's like it. it's. I was just, just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I mean, that, that could be interesting. I feel like all these women are old well separate and like they're not exactly the same age that's true i mean uh heather langenkamp and amanda weiss i mean they got to be close to 10 years younger than adrian king <laughs> but i don't know whatever what the fuck do i know a horror action feature film about a multi-generational group of strong female survivors who decide to get revenge as they band together and turn the tables on legendary murderer who during their youth pursued them all after the killer resurfaces, the women make a pact to track him down and end his 25-year killing spree. Hmm. Okay, so they are multi-generational. I mean, like, it sounds like they're maybe not, like, a group of friends. They were just each, you know, women that were attacked or, or whatever by this killer. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes a little more sense, then. Butler is also meeting with Amy Steele from Friday the 13th Part 2, PJ Souls from Halloween... Kelly Maroney from Night of the Comet, Tuesday Night, that's someone's name, <laughs> from Nightmare on Elm Street 4, and Lisa Wilcox from Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and 5. Oh, as well as Beverly Randolph from Return of the Living Dead. Hmm. All right. Well. Yeah, th- this could be fun. Um, duty. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know yeah. what I'd really like to see, though? is unexpendables of horror actors. Like, not to take anything away from from the ladies. Sure. But, like, I know Hatchet kind of did it, but, like, give me a movie with Kane Hodder, Robert England, Bruce Campbell, Doug Bradley, uh... Tony Todd. Tony Todd, yeah. Warwick Davis. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. That'd be cool. But, yeah, I mean, this this, this could be cool, too. Um... The concept of being like kind of an expendables type thing—that's interesting. Um, and I wonder if that will—I don't know. I guess it does kind of follow into the theme a little bit. Um, I was thinking more of it just being like kind of a, a an all-star cast, and not so much the the premise. But it sounds like the premise might fit a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I mean, in the expendables, there. Mercenaries, right? Alright. Uh, so we'll keep you posted on this um, and see how it comes along and keep you updated. So in news on movies that no one wants <laughs> they're making the ring three for some for some reason. reason and they have attached akiva goldsman to write uh goldman is best known for being the oscar-winning writer of a beautiful mind mm. uh also wrote the da vinci code angels and demons and i am legend which is the closest thing to horror on that list <laughs> 
according to Deadline, Goldman's being brought in to write a new draft of The Ring 3, working from an existing script by writer David Luca. Mm-hmm. And, if you're still not excited, The Ring 3 will be in 3D. Because, of course, it, it is. It'll be like it's coming right at you. Technology! <laughs> uh, you know, Beautiful Mind was good. Uh, da Vinci Code and Angels, of De- Angels and Demons, it was pretty good. I haven't read the books. Um, my dad has. He's, he seemed to be agreeable as far as the movies, but it, it, I, I, I don't know. I felt like uh, a lot of the fans of the books... Felt like the movies left a lot of things out. Oh yeah, which that'll you know that'll happen. I heard they're making another one of those too. Is it? Um... Oh shit! I forget the next book name. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Um, but I am Legend. That movie was just shit piled on shit. I never saw it. <laughs> You're lucky because I I heard nothing good about it. So I was like, all right. Well, I mean, you put, that. you put fucking Will Smith in a movie. That's a strike against you. From Especially a remake of a Vincent Price movie. Or Charlton Heston. You know, Mega Man? Yeah. I mean, this this con- that concept has been done over and over. Well, sure. I mean, Night of the Living Dead is based on Omega Man, so... What? George Romero says so. <laughs> what? <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, it's not like an adaptation of it, but it's like, that was an, an inspiration for him. Oh, okay, well, an inspiration. Okay, I, I guess I could see that. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, but I Am Legend, that was just absolute shit, and the, 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 the screenplay wasn't any better. I mean, that it, it, that was part of the problem. It wasn't, like, the exception. I mean, I don't... I don't really give a damn about this. You could bring in Edgar Wright to write The Ring 3, and I'd still be like, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's talk about how shitty the first two rings were to begin with. Yeah. And how just dumb the concept was. I mean, okay, let me clear, let me justify that. The concept initially was interesting. Interesting, yeah. In that, you know, oh, something that can come out of, the, out of this VHS tape. <laughs> um could you know potentially kill you when you know seven was it seven days after you watch yeah. it you die <clears throat> and nobody really knew why at first until later on in the movie of course um and so it's like to watch that movie like the first time it's kind of like oh well uh, you know that was something <laughs> um but then Every time after that, you just realize how shitty the movie is. Yeah. And The Ring 2 had no redeeming qualities whatsoever. I feel like with the first one, people were like, oh, man, there's this weird, creepy imagery throughout the movie. And so the filmmakers went, oh, people find that creepy. All right, let's do that for two hours. (laughs) Yeah. It was almost like uh, Halloween 2 or H2. The Rob Zombie? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And it be it basically had no story. It was just a bunch of weird fucking shit going on. It's kind of what Rob Zombie does. Well, typically he'll have a story to back up that weird imagery. Yeah. But H2 had nothing. Well, I mean, Halloween's a flimsy story to begin with. Fair enough. But I mean, Michael Myers was like a hobo. And there was a horse 
and Sherry Moon Zombie for even though she was dead. She was just she looked His like conscience or something. I don't <laughs> even know. She she looked like uh, when she was in the Living Dead Girl video. Yeah, that's what she looked like. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so nobody wants to see this. <laughs> if you do, somewhere out there, some guy's going. I do. <laughs> I don't want to see it. Um, well, if you're that guy, you need to punch yourself in the dick. You need to listen to more of our podcasts so we can steer you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, fuck this movie. Fuck the ring. Fuck all Asian or yeah, Asian horror adaptations. They're all awful. There's it's true. A, I, I can't think of a single like the grudge was awful. The eye was awful. Uh, yeah, they've all been pretty awful. Yeah. Every single one of them. Um, what was it? What was that one with uh, Joshua Jackson? Um, Shutter? Is that it? Oh, is that a that was a J horror? Yeah, or I don't know if it was Japanese necessarily. I think it may have been like Korean or maybe Chinese or something. Oh, I, 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 I didn't know. know that was an adaptation. Yeah, it was. Like, if you like those kind of movies, then watch the originals. Even the original, like, I don't even like the originals. Like, Ring You, I couldn't watch that again. Well, I'm saying, like, for people who do like that kind of stuff, watch the originals. Sure. Filmmakers need to realize that Americans don't need shit dumbed down for them. Yeah. (sighs) Move on? Yeah. It was a zombie jamboree took place in a New York cemetery. It was a zombie jamboree Took place in a New York cemetery Zombies from all parts of the island So, the video game Dead Rising We talked to you before about it getting a movie adaptation Which we were a little apprehensive about We didn't write Especially it. with it being on Crackle exclusively Oh, right, I forgot about that Yeah Yeah um, It's... Yeah, it's like we like I said we we hadn't completely written it off, but we weren't super excited about it either. I mean, we both liked the video game. Yeah. Um but we I think this is we we had Carlos on the show mm-hmm. and we were talking about it and said you can't really make it into a movie directly because it'll just be Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Um like part 2 could somewhat be adapted, but it doesn't sound like that's what they're doing. Part two, I think, would be Land of the Dead. In a way, yeah. Um, anyway, so any excitement I had for this was pretty much diminished by what I'm about to tell you next. Uh, the director is Zach, is Zach uh, Lepofsky, who directed Leprechaun Origins, and who had not directed anything before that. <laughs> Nothing of note, anyway. And you'll find out later in the episode why this is a terrible, terrible thing. Um, we do have a uh, so kind of a synopsis or a plot. The Dead Rising takes place during a large-scale zombie outbreak. Go figure. When a mandatory government vaccine fails to stop the infection from spreading, the four leads... I guess it's four lead actors... must evade infection while also pursuing the root of the epidemic. With all signs pointing... To a government conspiracy, politics, public paranoia, and media coverage will all play a key role in the movie's story. So it's uh, World War Z. Mixed with Land of the Dead. Yeah. So does this sound like a disaster or what? 
Yeah. Um, I don't know why. It, it, it's almost like... I have to assume this isn't actually the case, but this seems like they're just coming up with these concepts in like a day and saying, all right, let's do that. It's like they're not even thinking about the fact that it might be stupid, for starters, or the fact that it might be basically a rehash of another movie, um, or that you got a shitty director, you know, something. You probably came cheap. Probably. Um, but for something like this... And, like, the fact that it says the four leads makes me think that, like, they don't even have this completely flushed out yet. Yeah. Or at least casting, anyway. Well, like, even... It doesn't even say, like, who... What the genders are or, you know, why they're... How how these four people got put in this position. Yeah. It's just, they're the leads. Do we know who's putting this out? Um... Do we talk about it before? I just not remember. I think we might have, but I'm not entirely certain. I mean, because Crackle doesn't have a distribution or like a production company. They, I imagine they're licensing this from someone. Yeah. Um. Oh, Crackle is owned by Sony. I did not know that. Uh, it's being written by Tim Carter and Thomas Harlan for Contradiction Films. Oh, okay. Contradiction. That sounds familiar. They most recently produced the Mortal Kombat Legacy digital series. Ah. Which was cool. Which was cool. So, but that doesn't give me any hope. That's just the production company. Like, there's plenty of production companies that put out good movies and very, very shitty movies. Yeah. Lionsgate. Lionsgate puts out good movies? (laughs) Um, Well, they put out the first Saw. That's true. And then they put out all the rest of the sauce. <laughs> so, I mean, you see there. There's the balance right there. <laughs> um, <clears throat> besides, doesn't Lionsgate put out everything? It, yeah, we could write a movie right now and Lionsgate will buy it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'll probably watch this, but only because it's going to be free. Yeah. That's the nice thing about Crackle. Yeah. Like, I think I talked about this before. Crackle movies are free. But they are, like, you watch an hour and a half long movie, and there are probably, like, a dozen commercials in it, mm-hmm. if, if not more. And they don't find, they don't bother to find breaks in the movie where it's like, okay, this is a good place to put a commercial. Yeah, they just split it up evenly with the time. Yeah, exactly. So you, somebody could be mid-sentence, and they'll put a commercial in. <laughs> yeah, it's really annoying. But maybe since this is being made exclusively for them, that'll be different. Who knows? Yeah. But we will let you know more when we know more. So, did you see The Collector? You know what? No, I don't think I did. Really? I saw The Collector. I did not see The Collection. Was was Collector first? Collector was first. Collection okay, then was I, yeah, I did see that one. Okay. Well, there's a part three coming out. Mm. Uh, it does not have an official title yet, but it was announced by the star of the movie, Josh Stewart, at the Monster Mania Con in New Jersey. And 
see, Josh Stewart. Is he the guy that was in the first two? Yes. Okay. I just know him as um, uh, A.J. Cook's husband on Criminal Minds. Oh. Yeah, but the the movie is currently being scripted. Uh, I wish that I had seen the collection so I could have talked about, like, the transition into this one. Yeah. But the collector... um, I don't know. It was good, but it wasn't great. Yeah. It it had a lot of kind of uh, kind of saw moments where there was just like these cringeworthy visuals. Yeah. Like one part in particular, I remember somebody getting a, a fish hook in the eyelid. <laughs> yeah. It's that it was that kind of shit. Like the story was kind of thin, but it was it had these visuals that that really carried the the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, truth be told, I haven't seen this in a long time. So. Yeah, I only saw it once. Yeah, it I'd probably have to ago. rewatch it to remember pretty much anything about it. I know uh, my wife, she really likes... Uh, has she seen both of them? I don't remember. I know she really likes the first one, at, at, at least. Um, I know she was excited about seeing the second one, but... Uh, if we did see the the collection that's the second one right yeah um yeah if we did see it then i, I don't remember it switch if i did see it that doesn't speak well for it <laughs> but yeah yeah and uh um the director marcus dunstan and writer patrick melton have already said that they want to do a third one bef- before this so now it's finally going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so it sounds like it's like the, the the whole gang back together. Well, at least there's that. I mean, you don't see that very often. Yeah. Um, maybe as far as like down to the, the you know the same writers, same director. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same director. Same actor. You see, you don't you don't get that very often. So for them to keep that central crew together, that tends to be what makes a sequel good yeah um so we'll see i mean i gotta i gotta see the collection um and then maybe decide from there whether or not i want to see the third one but yeah i'm kind of in the same boat yeah but everything else just like everything else keep you posted So Rob Zombie, who is currently trying to put together a crowdsourced movie, uh, 31, which I find I mind, find myself less and less interested ever in it every time I hear more news about it. Yeah, kind of the same way. Yeah, which is disappointing, because especially after Lords of Salem and Halloween 2 and all the other shit that he's put out. Yeah. I was really hoping for a winner here. <laughs> Who knows? It might be good. Fuck if I know. Yeah. Um, But they just keep releasing these stills, and like I keep seeing them on online and stuff. It's like new stills released from Rob Zombie's Thirty One, or not stills, but um, concept art. Yeah, thank you. Um, It's just like it's 
just the same thing over and over. It's like some fucking clown with some kind of weapon looking really evil and sinister and like chasing after some chick with barely any clothes on and huge tits yeah (laughs) anyway um so but rob zombie apparently wants to make a sequel to devil's rejects now my question is how yeah they all died at the end spoiler alert (laughs) hey pull the tony (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but I mean honestly who hasn't seen Devil's Rejects if you haven't if you haven't seen Devil's Rejects you're probably never going to anyway so that's true <clears throat> so I'm wondering if maybe it could be like a prequel possibly um, he's quoted as saying I've always thought I'd like to make another movie because I love those characters and I think I have an idea that is solid for a third one and an idea that would make sense um, so apparently he's Got something figured out. I mean, the Firefly flam, the, the what, the who? The, I don't. The Firefly family. Firefly, Firefly. The Firefly family is, I would say, far and away the best character of any Rob Zombie movie. Hmm. Although I, I don't count Mike Myers because it's not it's not his, his property. Yeah. yeah. Um, funny you say that because apparently the Firefly flam. See, <laughs> Firefly family uh, aren't his property anymore either. Uh, he says, "Well, dicks." Yeah, the problem is I don't own the characters now. They're owned by Lionsgate, and they just don't have any desire to do anything. So it isn't me not doing it because I don't want to. I don't have the ability to get it done. Uh, and that was a quote from Fangoria magazine. Um, See, that seems silly to me. If he's coming to Lionsgate and saying, "I want to make another one of these movies," you know, the one that sold that made you millions. Yeah, you would think they would just be like, "Okay." <laughs> I mean, maybe you could go to them and say, you know, I'll crowdsource the budget. You don't have to give me any money. Uh, it kind of depends on how 31 does. Maybe. Uh, but, I mean, like you were talking earlier, like, we don't know how it's doing. We don't know how much money he's raised. Yeah, the, the website does not have a goal. It does not have its current uh, status. You really have no idea, which is kind of shitty. It's, it, like, he could have reached his goal, but he's still collecting money. But, I mean, even, the like, Indiegogo... When uh, projects reach their goal, they still accept money. Yeah. So I don't know why. Anyways, I, I don't know. Um. But yeah, I don't. I don't know why Lionsgate wouldn't want to let him do this. I mean, it doesn't sound like they're like flat out saying no. He's just saying they have no desire. So I'm wondering if he's even like gone to them and said, "I have this idea. I want to make another one." Yeah. Because I don't get why they wouldn't let him. I don't know. It's hard to say. But I don't know. I'm not sure why this is news now. That I'm reading over it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's news in the fact that he wants to, and so it could be exciting if it happens. But it's it's kind of the snowflake that starts the snowball that starts the avalanche. Maybe, or it could just be a snowflake that lands on the heater and melts. Melts. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. We'll we'll keep an eye on it. I don't presume anything will come of this anytime soon um Sid Haig could be dead by the time this gets done that's true <laughs> um so but if anything does happen to happen so if you are a, f- a fan of the Fla Fla family Fla Fla family then keep your ear to the ground I got a zombie on me and you can't harm me yeah who do you who do bitch drink blood like a bad 
thing that go bump in the night. So Spectrovision, which is owned by Elijah Wood, formerly Woodshed Productions, I think it was. Okay. I think I remember that name. Um, they have done a handful of movies. They did Toad Road. I think they did Grand Piano. Are, are they doing Cooties? Might be. But look it up. they have just announced that they're going to be making a zombie movie. I know. Hang on. It's called... I, I know what you're saying. You're saying... Ugh. It's called Curse the Darkness. It's directed by Jorge Miquel Grau. I'm hoping that's right. <laughs> who is the director of We Are What We Are, which I've heard good things about. I haven't seen it yet. I know. I keep seeing it on Netflix. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She get around watching that, and I just never do. Yeah. It's being written by Brandon Maurice Williams, who I don't recognize that name. I don't know what kind of credits he has to his name. I don't know. Uh, but it's supposed to begin filming uh, October 27th in Louisiana. It's nice that it's uh, on location. Yeah. You don't see that much anymore. Um, although, I don't. Is it, does it actually take place in Louisiana? Well, you have to presume because it's... Uh, did you read the synopsis already? Not yet, no. Uh, well, go ahead and do that. Uh, well, the producers are calling it an anthropological zombie film. And it takes its cues from purported real-life roots of zombie, which involved chemically-induced slavery... Sl- wow. Slavery... Get your act together. Slavery... Widely practiced by plantation owners around the Haitian Revolution of 1803. So, yeah, I mean... Down there in, in, in Louisiana, all the plantations. That's true. There's a lot of voodoo. Slavery, yeah, voodoo and stuff going on. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I mean, I, that's, I still think Louisiana and New Orleans, particularly, is like still kind of like the Central American hub of like voodoo. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. yeah so it's the first place I would think of. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, SpectreVision has done Toad Road, Open Windows. They're that's, doing cooties. They are doing cooties. Okay. Um, and a girl walks home alone at night. Don't know that one. And The Boy. Don't know that one either. So they did not do Grand Piano. No. Does not appear so. Open Windows is another one with Elijah Wood that also has Sasha Gray in it. What's that? Open Windows has Elijah Wood and Sasha Gray. (laughs) Why would they put her in a movie where she didn't have a dick in her mouth? It looks really weird. Have you seen the preview? No. It's weird. Yeah? Yeah. I, I don't really have any desire to see it. Hmm. Uh, Elijah Wood said about Curse the Darkness, We always said we wanted to stay away from the zombie genre as it's been so well covered, but when we read Brandon's script, we encountered a take on the genre that simply had to be realized. Hmm. Well, I mean... I will say, this is the first kind of, like, voodoo zombie, um, chemically induced zombie movie that I can think of since I walked with a zombie. Hmm... I guess something that didn't have any kind of like supernatural connotation to it in some one form or another. I think you might be right because there I, I've seen things where it's like oh you know voodoo zombies, but it's like oh it's, there's voodoo magic involved, so they're you know they're actually dead. They're just they look like voodoo zombies, and it, I don't know. It's really convoluted. Yeah. But this one actually to ha- have it be. Like, you know, it says it's an anthropological movie. Right. Um, 
so the fact that it's actually legitimately just solid voodoo zombies mm-hmm. um, that does make it a little more um, appealing. Which makes me wonder, like, what the what exactly the the threat is. Like, are they still do they still eat people, or like what is it, are they just being controlled by these people who control them to kill, or what exactly? Well, is Well, the... yeah, I mean, like voodoo zombies, they're controlled by people that, and they're they're controlled to carry out that person's every whim. Right. So yeah, to you know, go out and kill their enemies or you know or whatever um eating people i don't i don't know that seems a little far-fetched right but um by the way brandon maurice williams he aside from curse of darkness his only other writing credits are two shorts uh killing time and resolved so this will be his first feature Um, well apparently spectrism was very impressed with his script so i guess um and those are a handful of years ago too Interesting. Both from 2010. So maybe he's been working on this for a while. Could be. <clears throat> and, you know, I was thinking the other day, I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent a little bit here, but there's all this talk about how, like, saturated the zombie genre is, but what movies have come out in, like, the past five years that have been zombie movies that have been, like, successful? World War Z. Mm-hmm. Um... That's five years. Why am I? I'm just spacing like on every zombie movie right now. Because <laughs> well, if you, it's like every all this, all the zombie movies that come out are like low budget independent movies. There's hasn't been a lot of like zombies in the theaters. True. People want to make it seem like they're just fucking everywhere, but they're really not. I mean, it's it's everywhere else. You know, there's zombie toys and zombie clothing and, and of course, Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, Zombieland. Okay, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's, that's all I can think of. That's what I'm saying. There hasn't been a lot of, like, major zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, I don't want to make a zombie movie because there's so many zombie movies. But there's really not. Yeah, it's just the, the 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 zombie culture just been so inundated. Yeah, um, and the thing that really gets me is people who are like, "Well, there's so many zombie movies that I have to make. I have to do this new twist yeah. on the zombie genre, and it ends up being something fucking stupid." Yeah, like running zombies. <laughs> yeah, uh, if 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 you're a kind of a no name director and you think that you have to put some interesting spin on the concept of zombies you're probably wrong and you should just no, stick with the classics the same zombie um biology and put a new twist on the survivors you know obviously you don't want to just do oh well night of the living dead is in a townhouse and then dawn of the dead is in a mall and so it's just the same story in a different location but no like give me you know, like, if you look at every zombie movie, there's one person who was in the military or is a cop or... Where's Joe Schmo who works at McDonald's? How is he going to react to the zombie outbreak? Yeah. Uh, I felt like that was kind of zombie land a little bit. A little bit, but I mean, you had Tallahassee who was this, like, complete badass. Yeah. Like, so, I would say Shaun of the Dead is probably the, the closest that has, you know, no one really... There's no military or... 
anybody with any kind of fighting yeah, training. Yeah, for sure. Um, the only people experienced with a gun was Dave and Ed. Dead Ed shot his sister with an air rifle. <laughs> um, or Diane and Ed, because Diane on stage used a gun. Oh, right. Um, and then... Uh, lost my train of thought. Oh, like, conceptually, kind of like... It's kind of stepping outside horror here, but... Um, like, uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. If you remember at the beginning of that movie, it starts off as something, like, completely different. There's these two guys, one's, like, kind of pining over his ex-girlfriend, and his buddy comes in, and he says, you know, we, we gotta take you out, we gotta, you know, get you, we gotta go out and party, we gotta get you laid, and just have some fun. And so you think the movie's gonna start out, it's gonna be about this guy kind of, like, you know, getting his life back, basically, but then it spins off, and it's actually about the lowly little Korean tech that got left behind <laughs> to do all his work. <clears throat> and then at the end, you actually catch up with those other two characters, and they've... You can tell by the way they're talking and, you know, what's going on with them that they've had this big adventure of their own yeah. that you haven't even seen. So, yeah, that kind of thing where you where you take, like, kind of the underdog a little bit. Yeah, I, I can see your, your point where that, that would make things a little more interesting. And, you know, what I would love to see that I... <laughs> I don't know if I have. I can't think of anything at the moment. A fucking zombie road movie. How do you mean? Like where they travel from place to place. Because so many zombie movies are them holed up in one place. Sure. And just fighting off zombies from there. Where like, I want to see one where they're traveling from place to place. Where, you know, they go to a townhouse and the townhouse gets overrun and the walls get smashed and they have to go somewhere else. They have to run. That's kind of The Walking Dead. Well, yeah. And Zombie Land. Okay, yeah, I guess I'm. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I don't. I, I get. I get it. I don't. I don't want to. I don't mean to disprove your point, but yeah. Okay, well, I want one where the zombies don't fucking run. How about that? There you go. Okay. <laughs> um. So, anyway. Anyway, curse the darkness. Uh, no release date yet. No release date, but beginning filming ten twenty seven. Right. So. We talked to you before, and it's been a while since we talked about this. I, I think the first time we talked about this, and I think we talked about it one other time, but uh, it was the first episode. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize it was that long ago. I, I was listening to our old episodes again, and like, yeah, first episode, we first talked about this. I think maybe one, maybe two other times since then, but that's been it. So it's been a while since we've heard anything about this, um, but we talked to you about... Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger doing a zombie movie called Maggie. Um, he was he's a farmer whose daughter, played by Abigail Breslin, um, was bitten and is slowly becoming a zombie. Um, you know she's slowly kind of being taken over by the disease. And if I remember right, like it seemed like the town was trying to get to her to kill her or something, and he's basically standing his ground. Or something to that effect. <clears throat> Sounds kind of like Frankenstein. How so? Well, with the townspeople trying to kill the monster and Dr. Frankenstein trying to protect him. Sure. 
<coughs> excuse me. Um, anyway, so <laughs> Lionsgate has acquired the rights to Maggie. And it all comes full circle. <laughs> because, of course, they fucking did. Because they buy everything on the goddamn planet. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, it made its premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival. It was pulled from the festival because Lionsgate bought it. Which, that didn't... That makes sense, but I wouldn't have thought that was something that would happen. Yeah. I mean, I would have thought it would f- complete its festival. At least complete that festival, you know? I guess but, Lionsgate didn't want anyone else to see it until they could start making money off it. <laughs> I guess. Um, so, but it's it's plotted for release next year, uh, 2015. Um kind of a short theme of the movie as i mentioned as a midwestern farmer stays by his side saved by the side of his teenage daughter even as she slowly turns into a cannibalistic zombie in this daring uh, pardon uh genre bending debut feature um debut of who the director maybe yeah that's odd that they would word it that way and not say yeah. Whose debut they're talking about? Maybe I should stop reading things verbatim. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, yeah. So genre bending. So here we go again with a new spin on the zombie genre. I don't know. I've kind of I've seen this before. It, it was a with... re- it, it was a really low budget movie. Um, I, I believe it was British. It's called I Zombie. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it, but I'm familiar with it. Okay, yeah, basically the concept of that was this guy was bitten. It starts off like him, like right after being bitten, and he's, he keeps a journal of like how he's feeling and like how, you know. And so it, you see him, you know, visually starting to decompose and just fall apart and turn into a zombie. Uh, <clears throat> and he, like I said, he keeps his journal, and, you know, as he's writing it, it on film, he, he, he's narrating. Vo- voiceovering, that sort of thing. Voicing you, over. Voicing over. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, just saying that you know, he, he, you know, his ear fell off today. <laughs> Things <laughs> like that. Um, so I, I've seen this before. Um, also, like as you're describing that, I'm getting memories of contracted. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although. That movie, like, contracted, you don't know exactly what's happening. True. Like, you, it's not really... The, the type of movie really isn't truly revealed until, like, the last 30 seconds right. of the movie. Granted. Um, so, by the way, it looks like... Um, it says this debut feature. It, it could be the writer. John Scott 3. Wait, his last name is 3? It's John Scott and then the number three. It's not even like the Roman numeral three. Like maybe he's like the third. The third. It's just John Scott three. Interesting. Yeah. Um. But that that could be the the debut part. And who's directing? Oh, let me check. Henry Hobson. Not who, familiar. Let's see. He's got a lot of miscellaneous crew credits. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got three directing credits. 
Um, he directed the 84th Annual Academy Awards. <laughs> and he directed the video game Resistance 3. Oh, no, sorry. He directed the trailer for Resistance 3. <laughs> what the hell? So. Interesting. Yeah, I, it looks I like. I wonder how he got the job. I don't know. Is someone watching the Academy Awards and being like, whoever is directing this, I need him for my zombie movie. You know, he like almost all of his credits, like his miscellaneous crew, they're all um, titles, like like credit cards. Well, not credit cards, but um, cre- like opening credits and things like that in films. Interesting. That's like that looks like that's his thing. I mean, he's done. He's did, he did uh, Fright Night remake. He did The Help. Bad Teacher, Hangover 2, Walking Dead. So this is, it's more or less his directorial debut as well. Pretty much, yeah. Like, as far as feature film, yeah. All right. <laughs> well. So this is coming in 2015, sometime. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm excited to see it. Um, yeah, I'm interested. You know, I'm a, I'm an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan till death. Um well, I'll probably watch pretty much anything he's in, even if he's a Midwestern farmer, even though he's Austrian. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, Abigail Breslin, she's she's good. Like she, for for a young actress, she's really good. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, actually, I mean, she's not that young anymore. She looks pretty she's, grown up. I think she's seventeen. Yeah, she looks like a I mean, she looks like a young woman now. Um, she doesn't look like Little Miss Sunshine anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or or even um, from Zombieland, um, what was her character's name? Uh, Whatever. Uh, also, it has Jolie Richardson. I think it was some kind of city. <laughs> really? Was that <laughs> how it went? Um, yeah, Jolie Richardson, who played Julia in Nip Tuck. Um, she's also in some other things that elude me at the moment. She's in Event Horizon. Oh, I fucking love Event Horizon. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, 2015, keep a lookout for it. Uh, we'll keep Little you Rock. Up. There you go. Um, we're going to keep you up to date on it because I, I know we both want to see it. That's one thing, sorry, but um, the fact that they were all like named after where they were from. But it, her and her sister were from two different cities. Yeah, her sister was Wichita. Right. Not even the same Not state. state, yeah. <laughs> um, Anyways. Yeah. So... Um, we will keep you posted on this and uh, let you know when we hear more. And staying within the zombie genre for our final story, uh, we talked about Seth Gilliam joining the cast of The Walking Dead and how he was rumored to be playing Father Gabriel. That has since been confirmed, and uh, there have been images of him on set mm-hmm. dressed as Father Gabriel. Um, you know, black guy, clerical shirt, collar. <laughs> Pretty much exactly Pretty much what you expect. Exactly, like, a guy named, like, if you know who Seth Gilliam is, and you, you say he's playing a guy named Father anything, you're like, oh, so he's a black guy wearing a priest outfit. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Seth Gilliam, uh, the only thing I know him from is from the Teen Wolf show. He's kind of like Scott's mentor in a way. Technically, well, not technically, but he's his boss at the vet clinic. But he's also some kind of like secret. He works at a vet clinic? Yeah, he's like a vet clinic assistant. 
Interesting. Then the, he doesn't work at his dad's hardware store like in the movie. No, he he his dad is an FBI agent, and he lives with his mom, who is a nurse. All right. It's it's wildly different than the movie. Like yeah, the apparently. the characters have the same names. Like there are Scott and Styles, but everything else is different. All right. <laughs> So yeah, these these photos were uh, released by Entertainment Weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gilliam had never seen The Walking Dead when he was cast. Yeah, this interview he did with Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, he said that he had never watched The Walking Dead before until he was cast, and then he's and then he binge watched all three seasons. Yeah, and he was in the middle of watching the fourth when he actually started working That's on right, the show. Five. Um. So I, I think that's kind of funny for him to just like being like be getting caught up as he's working on the show. Yeah. But um, he he was a little apparently a little apprehensive about joining the cast because they are in their fifth season. He described it as the, as the cast and the production crew just being kind of a well-oiled machine, and for him to just jump in the middle of all that, he was a little apprehensive a little nervous but he said that the first person he met on set was andrew lincoln and he said he was just like as nice as he possibly could be of course he's british (laughs) is he british yeah i thought he was australian pretty sure he's british well one of them damn foreigners (laughs) just another foreigner playing an american because apparently there are no american actors anymore uh, born, oh, he's British. born in London, England. Okay. I, I mean, you know, don't hear him speak in his natural accent very often, so... Have you not seen Love Actually? I don't think so. I've seen it more times than I care to admit. <laughs> it's one of Lynn's favorite movies. Oh, good. Yeah. That's, that's awesome for you. Hey, it's also one of Adam Green's favorite movies, so... <laughs> but so is E.T., and I hate that fucking movie. <laughs> I don't know how you can hate E.T. Like, I don't... I'm not like gonna gush over it like he does, but I, I I don't know how anyone can hate it. I just I I really don't like it. Maybe maybe hate's a strong word. I will actively avoid watching it if I can. See, that's weird to me. Yeah, I just I I remember, my ex was terrified of him. Of ET. Yeah. <laughs> I just I remember watching it a lot when I was a kid, and then you know, kind of getting up or you're not getting up, growing up, and appreciating film a little more. And understanding that E.T. was kind of revered as this classic film. And, you know, getting a little older and realizing, I don't like this movie at all. <laughs> I'm going to stop watching it and I'm going to stop pretending that I don't hate it. <laughs> so, um, to each his own, I guess. Yeah. On a side note, did you notice Andrew Lincoln's real name? No. Uh, Andrew Clutterbuck. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I would have changed it too. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Clusterfuck? <laughs> Andrew Fluffernuts? <laughs> oh, I hope I never meet him now. Because <laughs> it would be so hard to not be like, hey, Andrew Clusterfuck! Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, um,. Season 5 of The Walking Dead. Uh, Starts d- next month. Next month. God, it's coming up fast. I want to say it's the 10th. I'm not entirely Is it that early? That. I feel like it was earlier this year. I could be way off, but... 
October 12th. I was close. 16 episodes. That's a bigger order than usual. I think that's usual. Is it? I've... I think the first one was shorter, but I think they've been 16 every episode or every season since. Well, I'll be goddamned. I know they fly by. Yeah. And then the off season feels like it takes for goddamn ever. <laughs> it, uh... Well, it's like they, they do it in... They do they, them in two parts. I was gonna say it's AMC, so they probably they might. Oh yeah, they do. They do a mid-season break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the season four, there's an episode that premiered on December first, and then the next episode was on February 9th. Fucking stupid ass mid-season break. I know. It, that's the th- the thing now. I hate it. I think USA started that. Oh fuck USA! <clears throat> I first noticed it with Burn Notice Network, not country. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I first noticed that with Burn Notice years ago. Where they were they'd start the season in the middle of the summer, but then somehow the end of the season would be in like March. See, I've only ever noticed AMC doing it, and they do it with everything. They do it with Walking Dead. They did it with Breaking Bad. They did it with Mad Men. They didn't used to though. That's that's a relatively new thing, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but I mean, I never watched those shows, like, on their original runs anyway. Like, I got caught up with Mad Men. Um, I think there were, like, four seasons in that I started watching it. I don't watch the shows when they're really popular. <laughs> it's because I, I didn't just... get into Mad Men until, I think, season three. That I didn't even really get into it until I started dating Lynn, and she she really liked it. And she had all the DVDs. Mm. So I, I got caught up. Mm. Yeah, I it's one of those things where it's just like the show's so popular it must suck because people like shitty TV. <laughs> <laughs> so I just avoided it. But then um, I, I think maybe my wife started watching it on Netflix and like I think I've caught a few episodes and just kind of got hooked on it. And then I don't... Same thing with Breaking Bad. I don't know what got me onto that. Maybe it was the same thing. I don't know. See, for me, Breaking Bad is one of those things that literally everyone was talking about. So I was like, okay, I have to see this. Like, even if it sucks, I have to know for myself because everyone is going on about it. Yeah. And it, it was fairly early on. I think it was season, might have even been the end of season one or it might have been season two. But mm-hmm. yeah. I, but then Walking Dead, I was on it from the beginning because of the comics. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you I bought the compendium? I bought the, the first compendium. Oh, did you? Not the, like, I got it on my tablet. Mm. But it was on sale for, like, three bucks. Nice. So I was like, can't turn that down. Yeah, I know uh, my wife for, God, Christmas a couple years ago, she got me, when was this last year? My concept of time is very tenuous. That's pretty relevant. <laughs> it's pretty relevant. Just get to the point. Um, she, yeah, she bought me, like, the first two. I don't know if I call them compendiums because there's only like four issues in each one. Oh yeah, because the compendium says compendium right on the cover. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, she got me those. I haven't read them yet. I know she like every couple months she'll harp on me about that. She's like, I bought you those and you haven't read them, but I think I'm about like a third of the way through. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I don't just. I don't read a lot anymore. I used to read all the fucking time. Yeah, same here. Um, I mean, I've got a couple of years ago, uh, free comic book day. I went out and I bought like, cause DC comics, they did the new 52. And so I went out and I bought the hardback of like the first 
10 issues, I think, of Superman um, for the New 52, just so I could, you know, get started from the beginning. I could see this new series from the beginning. Um, I started reading it, and I bought, like, a bunch of other comics, too. I haven't read any of them. <laughs> um, I've got those Walking Dead books. I haven't read them. Um, my parents got me Pride, Prejudice, and, and Zombies for my birthday. Haven't I, Like, I read, like, the first chapter. It's just, I... It's not. I don't even know that's necessarily. I don't have time for it anymore. Uh, it's just like at home from work, and I don't want to fucking read anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. Anyways, that's it. That's uh, that's horror business. Yeah. So um, why don't we just go ahead and uh, jump into the interview we did with Mike Murren, um, writer director of Secret Santa. Uh, oh, I guess I should say hopeful writer and director of Secret Santa. Well, writer, yes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Director slash producer, hopeful. Yeah. And anyway. he also did uh, some short films, Beneath and Demon Bitch. Yeah, well, but which, we'll get into that. He talks about in the interview. Yeah, so, so. let's jump into the interview. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, running down Santa Claus Lane. Listen, listen, all in all. Yeah, we usually keep our uh, interviews around half an hour, you know, give or take. So yeah, sure, as long as long as you want. Or if you hate me, you can cut off after five minutes. It's totally up to you guys. It's like you know what? Click. We gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I had that thing in that place, and the the, the and yeah. Oh, yeah. internet's cutting out. <laughs> <laughs> you you know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> hey there, guys. This is Taylor of Terror and Skeletoni, and we are here with. A uh, writer, director, and producer, and the owner, right, of Real Phobia? Uh, yes, yeah. All right, uh, Mr. Mike McMurrin. How you doing, Mike? I am fantastic. How are you guys? Doing well. Not sh- not too shabby. <laughs> right on. A <laughs> little, little shabby. Sort of shabby, but you know. <laughs> thanks, for, uh, thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. So, uh, to start off, why don't you kind of tell us how you got first interested in horror what movies you watched growing up what some of your influences are stuff like that um why well, i was uh six uh years old um <laughs> probably a little young to watch some of the stuff i did but uh um my parents never showed it to me but i had some great aunts and uncles um <laughs> that would show me some really messed up stuff at a very young age um whereas most kids would you know probably be traumatized for their life and and some movies i am still um but uh you know i just kind of fell in love with it you know at a very early very early age um and uh i've actually been making films since i was six my first film was a dracula film um which my mom shows all my cast and crew when they come over to shoot (laughs) and then i go hide in the corner embarrassed um but uh yeah that's that's really where it got started um there's always been an appeal i don't know exactly what it is Uh, i saw a lot of the universal monster stuff when i was really young and uh and then i fell in love with the the vhs slashers of the 80s and, uh, you know, like the, the big famous ones like Friday and Halloween and, and stuff like that. And um, uh, originally I, I wanted to be an actor um, because when you're a kid, that's kind of the only real person you identify with uh, oh, yeah. is the one on the screen. Um, and then uh, as I got older, I, I, I went to, to film school, um, but not physical. It was all theory, which after uh, three years is very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then my last year of university, they have a fringe festival every year, and it was the first year they decided to do short films. 
so they were looking for people. So I said, okay, why not? Um, I'll do a short film, and that's where I did my first film ever with Massacre. And then I just kind of fell in love with making horror movies ever since. And that's kind of what's gotten me to this point. Cool. Um, so to date, you've only done short films, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done uh, about uh, uh, seven or eight shorts or so. I did a, a documentary short for the CNE, and Secret Santa is my first uh, feature, hopefully. Oh, yeah, yeah I, uh, I just got a chance to watch Beneath <laughs> earlier today. Oh, excellent. Uh, um, thank you for watching it. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Um, it was something different, something I'd, I'd never seen. You know, that take where it was almost exclusively under the bed. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, we, because that one we actually did a crowdfunding campaign for as well about three years ago. And um, I, I, the, the main thing with that is we were just trying to think of how to do something on a low budget but keep it um, interesting. And that's where we kind of thought of, of Beneath of keeping it under a bed. And um, we, uh, it, it was really cool because then we just, I, I got to be really creative with my shots and um, it's not the ideal situation to be shooting in. Um, you know, you have to go to the chiropractors uh, the day after because you're tucked under a bed for a good 12 hours. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, it was a really, it was a really grueling uh, shoot. Um, we had a lot of production problems. Uh, the light almost caught fire the first night, and so uh, <laughs> and then uh, our lead actress Annette got uh, uh, got uh, heat stroke or heat exhaustion from being under the bed with the the lights it was just so hot we had a heat wave that weekend so she had, almost had to go to the hospital and uh and our lead actor had to leave and go will who played the intruder had to go back to australia the day after shooting and so we were just scrambling to get it done but i'm i i mean it's it's really I, i'm really proud with how it turned out it uh it's uh it's it's cool like it's really the first time i got to really play with the camera cool shots and that because before we just didn't really have the time or the resources so with uh, Beneath and you said Massacre, was that the other one? Um, it was, uh, my first movie was Everwood Massacre. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, uh, you told us a little bit of, about Beneath, but why don't you tell us about some of your other previous projects? Uh, sure. Um, the one that's, that I've, I've been kind of the most uh, successful with in terms of uh, festivals and, and the one that everyone just seems to really enjoy is uh, my short film called Demon Bitch. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it's a horror comedy about demonic possession, and uh, it's a, it's a really fun one. Like it's uh, it's, it's uh, Secret Santa will be in the, the same kind of tone and style and vein of Demon Bitch. It's just as much a comedy as it is a as it is a horror film, and it's just a fun at uh, at times ridiculous uh, short about two not so smart individuals uh, who try to exercise their friend who's been possessed by a demon. Is she a and, bitch? Uh, uh, she, yes. <laughs> so it's in not just movie, a clever in, name. <laughs> no, in, 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 in the movie she is. In, in real life, she's amazing. She's oh, sure. <laughs> no, she's amazing. In the film, yes, she's very violent. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, she's great. But uh, we, um, and then I, I have my father-in-law in all of my movies. Um, and he's great. You, uh, he was in Beneath. He was Frank, who uh, fell off the bed at the end. Um, and uh, he's been in all my films. But if you guys are going to check out anything else, you should check out Demon Bitch because he plays a drunken priest. <laughs> nice. And it is priceless. I still laugh to this day when I watch it. And uh, it's uh, it's just a really fun movie. Um, you know, if you want to see a lot of, like, uh, making fun of religion 
you know, religious humor and uh, some gross-out moments, some poop humor, which everybody loves, even though they want to admit it. <laughs> yeah, poop um, is funny. It, poop is funny. It's funny. <laughs> it and uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's just a, it was just a fun movie. And that one to date is is has been in in the most uh, like festivals. There's you know, even though we shot it on so little, there was just something about uh, Demon Bitch that uh, is has been really good to me. Um, and uh, yeah, I highly recommend that one. And then I. Um, I don't have it on YouTube because I don't actually own it, but I did a documentary for the Canadian National Exhibition. They have a, an archives building that's uh, been haunted for the past hundred years, and uh, I knew a friend who worked there and got me a, a job directing a documentary, a documentary short on it, uh, which was really cool too. Um, pretty creepy working in that building. Um, and then I, I did a bunch of other shorts, like I did one called The Night Shift, which involves time travel. Uh, yeah, it was very ambitious, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, entertaining nonetheless. Uh, my friend had a 50s diner we could shoot in, so, um, you know, I, I, as, as I rewatch my films, I, I, I think that the big thing is they're always a learning experience of what not to do, um, <laughs> but, but also, um, you know, it, it shows, you know, that you, you, you get better. I think if you keep making films and they get worse, then that's not good. Um, sure. but, uh, you know, yeah. And, George uh, Romero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, ouch. Um, but, uh, it's, um, yeah, like it's, it's just fun to watch those. And, and the amazing thing is that the cast of, of Secret Santa is all my guys from my first films. I wanted to have them in it because I was like, guys, I'm going to make a feature. I know I'm, I'm going to crowdfund. We're going to make it for whatever we get, regardless if we make goal or we don't. Um, but, uh, you know, I want you guys to do it with me because I, you started with me and, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen after the first feature, but I, I wanted to make sure that we all are together to do that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, one thing I was wondering watching beneath, I was kind of, I had some ideas, but I'm wondering who as a director are some of your influences? Um, it's, uh, do you know what? Like I, I like, like Craven, um, is the big one. Um, just cause he's. I, I mean, I, I, there's his directing is is pretty amazing, but uh, Carpenter, like the big guys, like like Craven and Carpenter are just both unbelievable. And uh, there was a couple uh, moments I where I kind of got a Sam Raimi vibe. Yeah, I, I do you know what I do love Sam Raimi and the Evil Dead guys too. They're really um, they're really fun. I think Evil, uh, sorry, uh, Demon Bitch definitely has uh, a lot of uh, Sam Raimi influences uh, in there. And um, do you know what? Just I think. I've really kind of, or I, what seems to work with the films I do is horror comedy, which is why Secret Santa is just as much a comedy as it is a horror movie. So, um, you know, I love like movies like Tucker and Dale versus Evil and Shaun yeah. of the Dead. Yeah. You know, those, yeah, like those are just really cool movies. And that's kind of what Secret Santa is. Uh, mixed with 80 slashers. So. Cool. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about your Indiegogo campaign, how much you're looking for and where people yeah. can donate and whatnot. And tell us, uh, yeah. tell us about Secret Santa too, of course. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, Secret Santa is um, it's my first feature film. It's a, a throwback slasher. Um, you know, kind of my love note to the '80s VHS horror films. Um, you know, and, uh, watching the trailer, like, watching your kind of promo video and your trailer, um, I got like kind of a grindhouse vibe. Was that kind of what you're going for? Yeah, yeah, definitely a, a grindhouse vibe. Um, you know, I, I uh, with that, like we, that, that, I mean, those are the films that I loved, uh, you know, growing up, growing up with and that, and I knew my first feature was going to be a slasher. Um, and, uh, you know, 
Well, we, we started a crowdfunding. Originally, we weren't going to do a crowdfunding campaign because we had done one before for Bini, and we didn't. We, we wanted to go maybe like try and do private investing, um, uh, which got us nowhere. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we decided, okay, let's crowdfund it. Um, and you know, I just told them, I said, you know, our goal, like I did some budgeting, and I was like thirty thousand, which is a huge, huge amount of money. Um, in a in a in a film, though, it's not. It's actually really, really small. Um, you know, if you're going to do everything right with permits and that. But I told them that we're going to make it for whatever. If we get a thousand dollars, we're making it on a thousand dollars. If we get five, we're making it on five, and so on. Um, you know, it's just there's going to be you know different stuff. Like we'll have to do you know cut back costs and that. But um, it, you know, the the big thing is is that it is going to be made. Um, and all the contributors are going to get really great perks. That was one of the big goals doing this campaign is I really wanted to make it special for horror fans and people that contribute. You know, if you contribute, you know, 50 bucks and you get, uh, you know, a, a thank you on Twitter, you know, it's not really, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not really a great perk. Um, so <laughs> I wanted to make it special for people. So, you know, we've got some and, and for good prices too, or for good contributors too, like for uh, let me remember now. For like a hundred bucks, you get a poster, a DVD, an invite to the cast and crew screening, a uh, digital download of the movie when you're done, a digital download of the postcard. Uh, you know, it's we wanted to make it special for people who could, you know, <laughs> contribute whatever five dollars, five hundred dollars, you know. Um, and that was one of the big goals. And uh, we actually just had another contributor today from the United Kingdom, which was really cool. Um, and we've had them from California, the United Kingdom. Um, a lot of friends and family were awesome and contributed again because they were the main source of contributions for Beneath, which just blows my mind at their generosity. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean that, that's the thing is with Secret Santa is that it's where the great thing if, if it if it looks cheaper, you know, if we have to shoot on a cheap budget, it works. You know, I mean <laughs> it's uh, it's a grindhouse film. Yeah, that's the beauty of indie film in itself. <laughs> mm. You know, and uh, and. Uh, like that's that's you know we're we're hoping now like our goal our, our realistic goal um, is eight thousand after fees. Um, that way we have some money for a uh, you know an up and coming hungry special effects artist. We can get a director of photography and an audio guy in there. And my actors and crew are all willing to you know work to be fed, which is great. You know they just want to do the movie. Um, and uh, so you know we're really excited about it. And it's just a fun, fun, fun movie. Like uh, when I wrote it, it's. Uh, it's just as much as I said earlier, a comedy as it is a horror film. Um, you know, the the the, ba- the main storylines are, you know, it's kind of like Breakfast Club meets uh, My Bloody Valentine. Um, <laughs> if you could ever compare those together, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it, like the ones. The main storyline is my actress Annette is that she's uh, a webcam model to pay for her school, and uh, she's trying to tell her boyfriend <laughs> that she's a webcam model. That's kind of the whole movie, and. You know, there's little inside jokes in that. Like, he's like, hey, do you have a stick of gum? And she opens her purse and forgets that there's a dildo in there and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, just ridiculous, ridiculous stuff like that. And and uh, Jeff, who's my other main actor, you knew him in the, um, uh, you saw him in the Indiegogo campaign. He uh, hasn't slept in 72 hours because he was studying for an exam. So he starts to hallucinate. And he keeps seeing, like, the killer or a dead body. And they just think he's hallucinating, but he's actually seeing it. Uh, which is also, you know, really ridiculous too. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a fun, you know, kind of movie. I compare, yeah, the, the best thing to compare it to would be something like Shaun of the Dead or Tucker and Dale. Like it's it's just really funny, 
uh, or I hope it's funny. We'll find it. You'll be the judge of that when it comes out. Um, <laughs> that's the great thing about doing a grindhouse film is people love even the bad grindhouse films. So, you know, um, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of fun and, and I can't wait to make it. We just got to wait for the snow to fall. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to shoot it all in my hometown in Cambridge and, uh, excuse me. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Very cool. Uh, so how did you come up with the concept? Um, the, do you know what? There's a lot of Christmas horror. Like, I didn't realize how much until I did some research. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, I, do you know what? It was weird. I was, uh, we were, it, was, uh, it was a weird kind of spark of, I don't know if you call it inspiration, but um, uh, basically we have a, me and my family have like a, 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 a game, a gift game every year where we all, put in a present and you don't know who it's from and then each person one after another they draw numbers and you open a present and then you can either steal then the next person goes can either steal that present or open a new one and you do it until the presents are open and as i was playing that game i you know somehow got to sharp objects killing people and came up with secret santa you know it's just a great holiday uh, holiday moment there for you um <laughs> but uh yeah that's that's basically how it came up in a very sweet uh, uh, joyful Christmas setting I came up with some horrid horrid ideas um, so yeah that's pretty much how it came about actually you know th- this may be a stretch and I may be just off base but did you grab any inspiration at all from the movie Clue yes okay. uh, <laughs> you, know you know what until you until you mention it I didn't even it, it must have been like like subtly like I didn't even know subconscious i didn't even know i was doing it but there is a little bit of uh, a little bit of a clue vibe in there right um you know with colonel mustard in the uh in the library with the wrench kind of thing yeah, uh, yeah. which I, I think makes it it fun too it's by the way it's a terrible movie to pitch verbally because <laughs> <laughs> i've tried i i've went to like uh, we have like a bunch of like uh horror conventions like in uh shock stock in london ontario and in um some other places and uh and Niagara Falls, and I've tried to like verbally pitch Secret Santa, and it is just really n- not a good verbal pitch movie. Because um, <laughs> I tell them about it, I was like, and and when they open the presents, it's actually the weapons they're going to get killed with. And then the people just kind of stare at me blankly. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, I, it's one of those things you just have to watch the trailer. Um, and I think once you watch the trailer, you kind of get what the film's going to be like, and it, I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So in in the trailer, is that going to be the final look of the killer? Do you know what? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was a fan of the original Prom Night, um, so I kind of like that look of just the ski mask and that. And I don't know if we're going to do a full-on Santa costume just because I feel like that's been done to death a little bit, pun not intended. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, I, I mean, I don't know. We're kind of open to it. Like a lot of movies, like, you know, one of the big ones, Scream, you know, they didn't even they didn't even have a mask until they were location scouting and they discovered the ghost face mask. And, you know, we're, we're open to it. Uh, you know, like, I, like Halloween's coming up in, in a couple months and I'm going to, you know, go through the costume stores. And if I see anything, I'm just going to grab it. Um, but right now it's the ski mask, which is ridiculously hard to find in winter, which makes no sense. But the day we were <laughs> shooting it, I asked my girlfriend to go get a ski mask. None of, none of us thought it would be a problem. It's winter, you know, ski masks. Right. And she had to search three towns and found the last ski mask in Cambridge <laughs> Wow! The, an hour before we were shooting. So, And I gave it to Will, who's back in Australia again. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, I, you know what? We might not even be able to find one, so you never know what the killer will look like. 
Yeah, that was the the biggest thing <laughs> me and Tony talked about when we first watched the trailer was the look of the killer. And I had mentioned why not have him look like Santa, but then we both decided that was too much like Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, like I mean, it's uh, unless it's like a really cool looking Santa mask, like uh, like we're not op- opposed to it. I just you know it's it's done so much that um, you know, and and we don't want to make it too funny. Um, because <laughs> sure. sometimes seeing a, a, a you know a, a a Santa running around with an axe can just be, come off really really funny sometimes. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, we're not opposed to it. Um, but uh, you know, I, I'm just going to keep my options open. Maybe it'd be a do you know what? Maybe it'll be like a really messed up elf. You never know. <laughs> uh, you know, that's one thing that we're just kind of open to interpretation for. With uh, you know, uh, you know, the script we just said a man in a mask. So. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be exciting. Like the next, you know, we'll have whatever funding we get. We'll have it by um, uh, September thirtieth. So uh, October and November, we'll probably be planning. And then uh, my sister's getting married. Yay! In uh, January. So. Uh, um, thank you. <laughs> so um, I, I'm gonna be busy that month, but uh, we're hoping to shoot. Uh, a month maybe in or sorry a month uh, a weekend in december a weekend in january and then maybe two weekends in february and if need be a weekend in march because it's actually you can get really good deals for renting equipment on weekends it's like the price of one day so um you know it also depends too if we have a a director of photography coming into um that's all budget wise uh he might bring you know bring his own equipment but uh we're excited about i should probably mention the link um (laughs) i haven't yet but uh it's um do you know what? It's a really dumb link um, because I thought it would be like Indiegogo.com slash Secret Santa. Um, it's actually Indiegogo.com slash projects slash secret dash Santa dash dash five. Okay. <laughs> you got that, guys? I, yeah. Because, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's been other stuff for like Secret Santa on Indiegogo. So like the, the, the good links were taken. Sure. Uh, so I got that one because for beneath it was like indiegogo.com slash beneath so easy for people to memorize this one it's like backslashes and <laughs> we can go ahead and put that in the show notes so people can that would be it. wonderful thank you <laughs> <laughs> so um i mean do you have any like or i, I guess um you, you mentioned your special effects artist does uh, i assume that's like practical effects it's it's all pra- it's all going to be practical. Good, uh, good, good to hear. <laughs> all practical, and if you and if it's if we don't have the money for special effects, it's going to be use your imagination movie. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of ketchup uh, and a lot of a lot of ketchup. Well, I can make some fake blood. Uh, I, I I learned that from if chins could kill. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, do you know what? It's if we uh, if if we don't get enough money to get some decent special effects, it's going to be a lot of the audience using their imagination aka halloween um but uh or, or some trick camera work um but uh you know he's he's a really good guy and he's he's a really good special effects artist and uh you know whoever we get to do the effects on it or uh you know we're just looking for hungry uh fresh faces that just want to make a movie um you know uh that that's the big goal is just finding people who you know um just really want to cut their teeth into the business yeah, I noticed with Beneath, there's not a whole lot of, like, actual on-screen gore. A lot of it happens off-screen, and you just kind of get, like, mm-hmm. a, a splash of blood or something. But it, it's very effective, because it's, it's not well, just I... in-your-face gore, but it's still very creepy. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, those are the, I mean, I love both kinds of movies. Like, I like the, the 80s kind of gore, you know, movies are, are fun, like the slashers. But I also like, you know, like, yeah, like stuff like Friday the 13th and that, which leads more to the imagination. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and with Beneath was, we, you know, wanted all this really gross special effects, but we wanted to make it subtle so that it's scarier, so that the viewer kind of has to imagine, you know, re, re, you know, uh, figure it out for themselves even though you got a split second of it um kind of like the tyler durden penis shot in fight club you know what i mean? <laughs> uh, never thought i'd be using that comparison uh <laughs> with this but uh yeah it's you know that that was the big thing with with beneath is is we wanted it to be you know creepy but not gross out whereas secrets and if we get the budget we're looking for is just going to be disgusting <laughs> but a fun disgusting like a fun disgusting and it's still going to be jumpy well i mean i hope it is we'll see you guys again could be the judge of that uh, hopefully, if you guys see it someday, if it gets distribution, are you um, um, are you trying to do like a Christmas release or? We're um, well. The, the big goal of of this is um, is that we want to we want to try and get distribution for it. So we're going to take it to festivals. Um, mostly, the the horror festivals are in September October. So if we are lucky enough to get into them, um, and if we can sell the movie. Um, then it'll be kind of out of my hands. But that would be kind of cool because, you know, they released movies like Scream was released at Christmas. Look how well that did. Not to say, (laughs) not even to try and compare it to that, but, um, you know, sometimes horror movies do really well during seasons, you know. Some people are just too happy around Christmas and need to see some people get torn up, you know. Um, (laughs) You know, it it, it happens. Uh, But, um, yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to do a a Christmas release. Um, It would make sense. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, it just depends on, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff, you know, even before that, like right now, our big goal is just to, to get the money. And then our next big goal is to make it. And then our next big goal is to take it to festivals. And then our next big goal is to sell it. Um, so we're just kind of taking it one step at a time so that I don't have a heart attack, <laughs> you know? Um, so what would you say uh, i mean you're you're you've got a thirty thousand dollar goal um what would you say is going to be your overall biggest cost um it's you know what it's 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 almost like a three-way tie between um that's much just my dog (laughs) (laughs) between special effects um and getting like a crew like like a director of photography and audio person and and post-production costs like audio mixing and mastering and that are the three big ones that stand out. Um, uh, you know, cause my parents are amazing. They've offered to cook all the food for the shoot. Nice. So that's like right there. Yeah. My parents are awesome. They, they, you know, right there, we don't have to worry about, um, you know, having our cast eat cheese sandwiches three times a day and hating everything. <laughs> um, you know, I find good food really helps on a shoot, especially if you're not getting paid. Um, right. But, uh, you know, yeah, just uh, there's there's going to be some big costs. But uh, you know, like I said, we'll make it on, you know, whatever we get. Sure. Um, so you've got a goal set for 30000 as I said. Uh, looks like about, uh, as of now, you're coming up on 3000 So that's nothing to shake a sk- uh, stick at. So um, and you've got flexible funding, which I think was smart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's, that's there's no regrets there. Right, um, you know, and and you know, well, the good thing is, it's like I got some some emails today from some cast members, so we got about another seven hundred fifty dollars in con- contributions coming in uh, nice. on Monday. So we're all we'll almost be at four then. 
um, and uh, which is which is which is amazing. Um, and you know, our, I, I I told them because I was I wasn't really sure how this campaign was going to go. Um, I think we're doing all right. I think we're, you know, like the goal that I set, you know, was the dream goal. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's the dream goal and the realistic goal. And our realistic goal is about eight thousand after fees, um, which if you don't make your goal on Indiegogo is an absolute fortune. Um, right. But uh, we're hoping for that. So we're hoping to get close to ten if we can. Uh, and then after minusing credit card fees and Indiegogo fees and PayPal fees and any other fees that they want to uh, tear a strip off of me, um, then uh, we'll uh, we'll make it for that. Um, you know, the big thing is is that we like to get a, a director of photography that's hungry that you know has worked on a camera like a Red camera or Ari Alexa or Blackmagic, something that has a little more kick. But you know, I mean, if we don't make you know uh, as much as we were hoping for, you know, we might shoot on two DSLRs. That's what I've always shot on. Um, but my goal this time is because it is a feature and we have to move fast is to get someone to do the camera work because um, I've done the camera work on my other films. And just doing that on top of directing, producing, editing, uh, prop master, um, craft services guy, <laughs> driver, um, it's a little stressful. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's the big goal is, is to make put all the money on the screen make it look really professional like it costed a fortune when it didn't cool um so how i mean aside from you know doing things like being on some no-name podcast how are you uh how are you kind of getting your name out there the uh do you know what i got i love your podcast by the way You're, <laughs> you got do you know what just the like i was watching or i was listening to you the other night when you guys were uh, uh drinking and watching um uh, it just because I'm drinking right now. Um, <laughs> it uh, it just wanted me to drink and watch horror movies. But uh, the um, uh, in terms of getting the the word out there, um, you know, I I, re I spent since right around Christmas when I started writing it, just getting as many Twitter followers as possible, um, and trying to get like like good Twitter followers, like like horror fans, like people like you guys, you know, like just people who really love horror movies and that and. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden you get the random follower that's like a jazz musician. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, you know. But uh, that was the big thing was getting as many Twitter followers before we started the campaign. And it's really paid off. Like we've had so many generous people from all over the place. And uh, um, we actually were just in the Cambridge Times yesterday, uh, a, a nice little article um, which was really, really sweet of them to do, uh, just saying, you know, it made us sound like really cool and professional, you know, like they're like indie horror flicks shooting in Cambridge this winter. And I was like, wow, that sounds really cool. Like we actually, one, know what we're doing and two, that they think we have money. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but you know, that, that, that's awesome. And, uh, uh, and, and I mean, we're just, we're open to, to anything just to get more attention. Um, I started doing, uh, like, uh, cause I work at a, at a video DVD and Blu-ray store and so my boss was really nice and just gave me some like promo stuff that they aren't going to use. So I got like a few Hunger Games shirts, some posters, uh, a DVD, you know, that they just got in a random shipment that wasn't theirs. And um, fell just, off a know, truck, right? Throw, yes, thrown <laughs> off a truck. And uh, so we're going to, you know, I've just said, you know, the next like couple contributors, uh, you know, contribute, get a Hunger Games shirt. Now, horror movie fans aren't really that many that are a fan of the Hunger Games because yeah. they've taken them, but, uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And, I also um, it's free. I have, what do you want? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There you go. And and you know what? I have I've rebought all my horror movies on Blu-ray, so 
I've I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but I've actually uh, I have four draws. So all you have to do is contribute in the film. It doesn't matter how much five bucks, five hundred, five thousand, but you get uh, entered in a draw to win a DVD bundle. Um, now they're used, but they're in. I've checked; they're in great shape. And so, like, I have like one bundle is the entire Nightmare on Elm Street collection, um, and Freddy vs. Jason. And uh, there's like another one that's like the the Amityville collection and Shutter Island. And then I have some random ones like a mix of like uh, um, Bubba Hotep, Jeepers Creeper, stuff like that. You know, like just extra bonus stuff to make people want to contribute. And the big thing is I didn't want you know. If you can contribute five bucks or ten bucks, it doesn't matter. You know, you still have an equal chance of of winning the bundle. And I've also decided, um, which I'm slowly regretting, um, is that I, uh, I'm, I'm a somewhat hairy individual, is that I'm going <laughs> to wax a body part for every thousand dollars we get and <laughs> post it online. So I think people might contribute just to watch me squeal in pain. Um, you know, just I, I'm open to suggestions, by the way. If you got something, just let me know. As a fellow hairy person, I salute you for your Thank dedication. You, <laughs> Thank you. Well, I was going to make it extra brutal and do it with duct tape, and then I read online that that is the worst idea possible. So I, I scratched that part <laughs> just because I want to keep my nipple. But uh, sure. All right. But, so you know. uh, go ahead. I was just going to say this is an interesting conversation how this how this went this way. <laughs> We're we we very rarely stay on topic. <laughs> it's all good, man. <laughs> uh you you said you were always looking for Twitter followers. Why don't you go ahead and throw your Twitter out there? Yes. Um my Twitter is wow, I don't know my Twitter handle off the top of my heart. That is terrible. One second. It uh I did change it recently actually because it was a little confusing. Um I think it's just at Mikey McMurrin, but I'm going to double check that right now. Man, man, I'm, I'm just rocking it tonight with all the promo stuff. Don't know my, drink, don't know my Twitter handle. You did one, say you were drinking, so. Yeah, well, it's only my second one, which would be sad if it was. Um, uh, so it's uh, it's at Mikey McMurrin. So my last name is M C M U R R A N, um, and you'll see the face of a uh, you'll see a dumb mug uh, for the profile picture. That's me. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, um, I mean, you know, I'm always trying to, you know, do creative, innovative, innovative tweets, but at the same time, people are probably also annoyed with me because uh, I, I tweet a lot about the movie, obviously, to get people to try and contribute. But, you know, I also try to tweet some fun stuff, too. Um, but uh, it's a great way to support indie film, uh, you know, um, even just sharing the page. I'm, I'm always thankful when someone just even retweets or favorites any of the tweets just to try and get it out there a little more. Um I wouldn't be where I am now if it weren't for that. Cool. Well, uh, I think that's all we got for you. Unless, Tony, you all have right. anything else? I uh, I don't have anything else. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again for coming on. Uh, well, like thanks I said, we'll, for having me. We'll put your link in the show notes so people can go <laughs> and contribute to Secret Santa, be a part of the indie movie scene, and uh, be on the lookout for that. And when you're doing the, the festival circuits, I'll just say Crypticon in Seattle is in May. Just, Crypticon. Just All right. I hope to see you at Crypticon. Oh, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Awesome. Thanks again for having me on, guys. All right. Thanks for coming on. All right. It was a pleasure. Take care. Have a good one, man. I got that great plot. I got that great plot. I got that great plot. It's right off the highway. Wobbledy, wobbledy, drop into my grave plot. You afraid of death? Well, I'm afraid not. Because I got the bomb spot right off the highway. So I had a good time with that. Yeah, that was, was fun. It went well. It did. Uh, 
every, I don't know what it is. I mean, we've done several interviews now. Just, every time we do one, I always think it's just going to be disastrous. <laughs> We're easy to talk to. I guess, yeah. I, it was nice to hear that he enjoys the show. Yeah. Particularly Drunken Cinema. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it seems I mean, like everybody likes Drunken Cinema, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I should say, the people that say they like their show, they like our show, I think they typically mean Drunken Cinema. <laughs> Um, Fuck it, let's just change formats. Yeah, let's just do all drunk and cinema. We're just going to be drunk all the time. <laughs> um, Wait, you're not? <laughs> I'm drunk right now. I'm drunk, you're drunk, everybody's drunk! drunk. Um, Alright, so... <laughs> On that note, here here's an, an ad for one of our fellow pod gods. Hey, if you're listening to this show, you need to check out BUI, motherfuckers, Blogging Under the Influence. It's a funny show. We drink, we talk shit, and it's all for your entertainment. Here's some sound bites. Jesus Christ could run under the libertarian ticket, and he wouldn't get elected. I mean, it doesn't vote for mythical creatures. The greatest man you could... (laughs) I've fucking quit before. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not Tyson has quit, yeah. I don't need uh, fucking permission to do nothing. <laughs> Not from any goddamn Bears fan. <laughs> Tastes yeah, like no, eating it. It's all mud water bugs, man. <laughs> it's all fucking water bugs. It don't matter, man. I want this fucking cockroach. But, they just uh, crawl, on the, crawl on the bottom and just eat shit and whatever else they pick up. <laughs> like, mmm, that's great. <laughs> Turn on the lights, they run under a fucking rock. What else does that? Cockroach. <laughs> we talked about guns for at least 45 minutes. You never seen no fucking Sasquatch in the video. Hell, I think it's a squatch in the woods. <laughs> I think you're inbred, motherfucker. <laughs> That's just a small sample of what you hear on BUI blogging under the influence. Find us on Stitcher. Find us on iTunes. Rate us, comment, subscribe, thumb up, star fuck us. And follow us on Twitter at BUI Podcasters, motherfuckers. Thanks for listening. Tune in. All right. So, without further ado, let us jump into the reviews. So I think to start off with, and just to get it out of the fucking way, we should just do Leprechaun Origins. I think we should go chronologically. I think we should do the original first. Okay. So, with that being said... We are going to do the original from 1993, right? Yep. Leprechaun. The luck of the Irish is being packed and shipped to a little town in South Dakota whose luck may have just run out. Basement for the basement. 
like really scared. Hello? I need the police. This is an emergency. You can kill anything. What the hell are you? You just gotta know how to do it. So I picked this movie <clears throat> not only to keep it keep a theme going, sort of, but you know to compare the compare the two, but just so I could get the bad fucking taste of the Leprechaun Origins out of my mouth. <laughs> um, as uh, Taylor said, this is a movie from 1993, written and directed by Mark Jones, uh, starring Warwick Davis, who you guys would probably know as Willow. Um, it had just a real fun movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. I don't know that I call it low budget. I'd say it's probably medium budget. This was like, that way. This was the height of like cheesy comedy horror in the '90s, though. Yeah, definitely was. Uh, it was starring uh, Jennifer Aniston and what was probably her brand new nose. <laughs> I thought this was still her old nose. I don't think so. No. Oh. It didn't look monstrous. No, I don't think it was ever monstrous. But I, I'm pretty sure this is her original nose. Well, whatever. Um. Yeah. So, starring Warwick Davis, Jennifer Aniston, Kennel. Kennel. Yeah. I don't think there's somebody named Kennel in the movie. Kennel. Kennel. Cantaloupe. Penelope. Penelope. <laughs> Ken Olant. Yeah. Uh, I thought maybe I recognized him, but I don't think I did. And Mark Holton, <laughs> who's uh, chubby from Teen Wolf. Or Francis from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> um, also John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, so basically the theme of this movie is that an old man, Daniel Olgrady, uh, comes home from a trip to Ireland where he was supposed to be burying his mother, I believe. Um, he comes home with a sack of gold coins claiming to have gotten them from, like, he captured a leprechaun and made him tell him where, he, where his gold was. And, you know, naturally his wife just thinks he's a fucking drunk Irishman. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, you find out that the leprechaun actually stowed away in one of his, excuse me, suitcases and surprised him because he wants his fucking gold back. Yep. Because that's what leprechauns do. They want their gold. Yeah, this whole movie is all just because Leprechaun wants his gold. Yeah. He's not evil per se. He He's just kind of evil. Well, <laughs> that's why I said per se. He he just wants what's his. Yeah. Um So Daniel manages to scare or you know keep the Leprechaun at bay with a four, four leaf clover. Yeah, which and apparently is like a cross to a vampire, apparently. To a leprechaun, um, and captures him in a in a crate and like a wooden crate, and you know keeps the clover on top so he can't get out. Um, then he starts to have a stroke, <laughs> and so he's gone. Um, ten years later, uh, 
Rachel from Friends and Zach Morris's dad decide to buy the old O'Grady farm. And you've got a confused look on your face. That's Zach Morris's dad? Yeah. <laughs> Derek Morris. I thought I recognized him. <laughs> Shit. My mind's blown now. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so Zach Morris and Rachel from Friends are related? Yes. <laughs> Um, they buy the old Grady farm to kind of fix it up and um, or is that the case? I don't know. I, I read on Net, um, not Netflix, uh, Wikipedia that they were going to be staying there. It was like, like kind of a summer home. But I got the impression they were moving there. Yeah, I'm not sure what exactly the case was. Yeah. I don't know. I don't either. Sorry. Anyway, so so there's a, there's a crew of painters at the house. Um, there's a was it Nathan, Ozzy, and Alex, right? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Two grown men and a little boy, which odd. <laughs> and their company is called Three Guys Who Can Paint. Yep. <laughs> um. Although Ozzy, he's a grown man, but he's he's not all there. Yeah, you said you, you reminded you a little of Lenny from Ice yeah, and Men. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Except not, not quite as dim-witted. Right. Just a little off. But lovable. <laughs> right. And that's that's chubby. Yeah. <laughs> or Francis. Well, no, Francis is not lovable. No, Francis is a prick. Yeah. Um, they're, they're painting the house, and um, when Ozzy's down in the basement he accidentally brushes off the four leaf clover from the crate and the leprechaun is released and that busts out of the crate and goes hi just hi (laughs) I'm a leprechaun (laughs) (laughs) oh where are you going to go to Ireland because I'm the leprechaun (laughs) I'm the leprechaun I knew that was going to come up this episode eventually. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. So the leprechaun comes after him and says, you know, where's where's me gold? Um, And he says he doesn't know, so he manages to escape because leprechaun's power is weak because he's been away from his gold for 10 years. So obviously the gold is a source of power. Um, And... Later on, Ozzy and Alex, they find the leprechaun's gold that um, O'Grady had stashed away 10 years earlier. Um, Leprechaun catches wind of this, starts basically chasing them around everywhere they go uh, on a tricycle. (laughs) And also in a, like, big wheels or, like, hot wheels. Not hot wheels. What's It's like a little baby go-kart thing. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And he actually looks like he has two of them or like he it's almost like he makes the second one or something I don't remember the second one well at one point Ozzy and Alex they take one of the gold coins to a uh, a, a collector or you know a guy that runs a coin shop because this tiny town has a coin shop in it um and so Leprechaun comes and attacks this guy to get his gold coin back with a pogo stick yeah just stomps on his face with a pogo stick until he's dead. 
Um, and takes his coin, and then he steals this go-kart that's in the shop for some reason. But it's not like a go-kart like a, that you would go race. No. Like, it looks like a little truck. Yeah, it's it's like a little, it's like a toy thing. Yeah. A toy go-kart, but it's not a Power Wheels. It's it's like, it seems like it's actually like a like right. gas Right, there was a name for those, but I can't remember what it was. Whatever. But and then at a later point, the whole kind of crew is trying to get away um, in the truck, and he comes busting out of the barn in this oh, other go-kart. Oh, that's like a go-kart, yeah. Yeah, that, but it, it almost looked like he had made it out of just random shit that he found in the barn. <laughs> <coughs> which had a pitchfork pitch in the front. In the front <laughs> and this tiny little go-kart managed to, like, ram this truck and make it do a Flip barrel it. roll. Yeah. Um, I had brought that up when I was watching it. Yeah, and it's like, I don't care if that thing had a fucking V8 engine in it. <laughs> it wasn't going to push that truck over unless it had about another 1,200 pounds behind it. Right. <coughs> God damn. Yeah, and then he also... Uh... He also chases somebody on roller skates, which I don't know. I don't know where the roller skates came from. <laughs> the barn. I don't know. He keeps finding all this random shit to make goofy entrances with. He also chases somebody down with uh, in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. So yeah, I mean, he chases. Basically, Leprechaun chases these characters around until. The end of the movie, basically. Um, so this movie, I remember loving it when I was a kid. Like I, I watched this all the time, um, and it was just one of those. I mean, to this day, it's still one of those movies. It's just like it's got that perfect balance of comedy and horror. I think. Yeah, it's like just cheesy enough. Yeah, and it's it's cheesy on purpose, right? Um, and it's just, I don't know this is kind of why I wanted to do Origins first so I could say why this one's so much better <laughs> um, but see Warwick Davis he, he his, his character had a personality about him that made him an interesting character um, and didn't really you didn't get that from the original or not sorry uh, from Origins yeah like at all yeah um I don't know you gonna help me out here you just gonna stare at me <laughs> I don't know you seem like you were going somewhere with that son. not really I'm trying to grasp at straws here um, I noticed Warwick Davis kind of slipped in and out of an Irish accent. Yeah, I assume that's easy to do, for, even for a, a Brit. Yeah, and like it seemed like most of the time he didn't have one, but when he would say certain things, mostly like stereotypical Irish things. Yeah, <laughs> he would he would have the the accent then. Um. The acting's not bad. No, I mean, I mean, even back then, you know, um, Jennifer Aniston, she's a good actress. Yeah. Um, you know, Warwick Davis, 
you know, obviously he's playing a goofy character like the Leprechaun, just kind of not slapstick, but not something you really take seriously. Yeah, not something you necessarily to watch. You not you don't feel that intimidation factor you would from Jason or Freddy or Michael Myers or whatever. Right. Um, Unless you're Garth. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it, man. Um. So. But to see him in other things, you know, Willow, um, uh, God, the only thing that comes immediately to mind is Ray. The Harry Potter movies. I haven't seen those. None of them? Nope. Well, I saw the second half of the last one. And that with, was against... with your wife. That kind of surprises me that you've yeah, been I've... able to avoid that. <laughs> she tried. <laughs> the only reason I saw the second one, or the like, second half of the last one, um, is because she tricked me. <laughs> this was before we lived together, and she wanted me to come over. So I head over to her house, and I get there, and she's already watching it. God damn you! One time, I uh, she she tried to act. This was that was actually the second time she tried to do it. First time, I got there, and she was already watching it. And I said, "All right, well, I'm gonna go home." <laughs> and I started walking out the door. And she's like, "No, to come back. I'll turn it off." Like that's right. You're an asshole. <laughs> Maybe, but you know what? I'm not gonna have anything to do with Harry Potter. <laughs> um. So, what did you not like about this movie? Ah, uh, what did I not like about this movie? Nothing. Perfect movie. Ten. <laughs> Our first ten, right here. Leprechaun. Of all the <laughs> fucking movies, Leprechaun gets a ten from Skeletoni. Everybody. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something. I I know there's something. I'm just trying to think of what it is. Um, I don't know. I, I guess the, the story itself was a little silly. I mean, obviously, but um, I don't know. It, by no means was it a perfect movie, <clears throat> but all the elements just flowed so well together. For me, like some of it's just, it's kind of nitpicky. It's very little things. Um, like you were watching it when I got here, and you pointed out the green light that like they shined on the clovers when they're trying to find a four leaf clover. Yeah, there there were a lot of like production oversights. Yeah, and like I pointed out the part where he's uh, the leprechaun's going back and forth in the hallway, and he's shooting at him, and he keeps missing, and yet nothing behind him is exploding, or yeah, there's no holes in the wall or anything. Yeah, there's a like I said, yeah, there's a lot of like flubs. Um, I mean, like a pointed out that uh, the little kid Alex he had a tear in the sleeve of his shirt. Oh, yeah. It's like a long sleeve shirt, but like his te- tear was like, I don't know, a couple inches above his elbow. Around his bicep. Yeah. And whenever the shirt would move and like the, the tear would like kind of open up a little bit, you could see the shoulder pad that, or the elbow pad that he was wearing for his falls. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it's small nitpicky things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, all the elements, they flowed so well together. I mean, like, the goofy story, nothing really seemed out of place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if I were to change anything, it would probably be just, just kind of how cheesy the, the Leprechaun was. Yeah. Maybe. But, I don't know, there's so much... 
to like about that character, and like part of it is him being so cheesy, right? So I kind of wish he had more like one-liners and stuff. You think like, like just more kind of like I can't think of anything at the moment, but just just like quips, yeah, just, <laughs> you know, like lines about Forley Flovers or you know something. I know he said like top of the morning to you at one point or something, but like more more like that where you just kind of go, come on. <laughs> um, I do like when he pulls the Lucky Charms out of the um, out of the cupboard and he's like, Dad. <laughs> uh, he starts eating him and he like spits him out or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think maybe I would have gotten rid of, rid of the kid. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. The kid just really didn't... The character, I thought, was unnecessary. Yeah. I can see that. I think a lot of the elements of that character you could have incorporated into Nathan. Yeah. And just done away with the kid. Um, I can definitely see that. Yeah. I also think that like, after they take her dad to the hospital... And then you just never see him again for the rest of the movie. Like, part of me expected him to just, like, come back at the end and, you know, come save the day or something. But you just never see him again. Right. Well, I mean, he got caught in a bear trap. And but so, so did Nathan. Sure. How's uh, your leg? <laughs> <laughs> we were watching that. And I was just like, oh, God, that's like the equivalent of just, like, like just man-checking Turkey somebody. slapping somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Just a total prick move. Um, it would another, I guess, difference between this and Origins, and you know, I hate to keep talking about that, even though you know we haven't talked about that yet. Um, Warwick Davis was necessary because leprechauns are little people, mm-hmm. so it was necessary to use a little person in the role. Um, and I'll, I'll get into that further when we talk about origins. Um, but Well, I mean, Mark Jones and Warwick Davis are going to have the last laugh when they come out with Vampricon. So. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if it's going to be the same Leprechaun. I, I, I think we met, like talked about... Like the look about, of him? Well, like the same character. Oh, that then gets bit? Yeah. I, mean, I think we talked about that when we first brought this up, but I guess it kind of depends on if he still owns the rights. Could be, or if they're owned by fucking Lionsgate, which is sucking the dick of WWE films. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. anyway, are you ready for numbers or? I think so. All unless, right. Unless there's anything else. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. Okay. Uh, Knock it out. Okay, well, uh, obviously, uh, like I said, I I love this movie. Um, And as corny as the sequels are, and I'm talking about, like, before they got really stupid. Like, uh, was it In the Hood? First was In Space. Part four is In Space. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Part five is in, goes to the hood, I think it is. Okay. And then part six is back back to the hood. With fucking iced tea. Uh, anyway, so, but, like, sequels, like, two and three, I even enjoyed those. 
Uh, probably maybe not as much as this one. But they still had like that same kind of good balance between horror and comedy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but I really enjoyed this. Uh, as as you heard, like having really like trouble finding a lot of flaws in it. It's like you mentioned, a lot of things would just be nitpicky. Yeah, just small little things. It's like, oh, you know, who could do away with that? Um, but aside from that. It's it's a really good movie. Uh, I mean, the the story's good, the acting's good, the the production is good, um, the makeup is awesome. I really? love. The, you don't think so? I disagree. Oh, I love the look of the leprechaun. No, okay. the The leprechaun is great. Yeah. My beef is more with like the, um, like when when he's slashing the guy across the face. There's there's visibly no cuts there they're just like lines of fake blood mm. or like when nathan gets caught in the bear trap you don't see anything but a, a bloody tattered pant leg true so i feel like like those kind of effects the, the makeup of the the leprechaun was great i agree yeah but i feel like those effects could have been better yeah um yeah so i mean i, I think all in all i think i'm probably gonna have to give this um Maybe an eight. All right. Yeah, it's um, it's it's definitely like campy and cheesy, but mm-hmm. th- that's the point. Yeah, it's it's a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously. And you know, I, I see a lot when Leprechaun came out, or sorry, uh, Leprechaun Origins. They started like revealing images of the Leprechaun, and, like people are saying, oh, it's you know, none of that stupid cheesy green hat and buckled shoes bullshit you mean the things that make a leprechaun look like a leprechaun yeah exactly it's like what the fuck do you think he's gonna look like but anyway yeah um yeah that's the whole thing that makes this one great is that it doesn't take itself too seriously because if it tried to be too serious and had this level of cheesiness it would be terrible yeah but it's supposed to be cheesy it's supposed to be goofy but still have scary elements which i think it accomplishes mm-hmm. um i'm not as quite as quite as high as you i'm in my head kind of been going between six and seven so i think i'm gonna go ahead and just go right in the middle go six and a half you're very wishy-washy with your point fives <laughs> it's it's like your thing <laughs> what no it's i want to make sure that i give it Pro- at least I'm not doing like point two fives and point. Oh, I wouldn't allow that. <laughs> like you make a fucking decision. Um, I think point fives are perfectly fair. Yeah. All right, so let's let's get this over with. Uh, the next movie we're going to talk about is from 2014, and it is Leprechaun Origins. tourist destination. This village is only like 300 years old. Whoa. Now that's creepy. There's a lot of things about our village that people don't know about. A lot of things that, uh, well, we like to keep private. If it's real history you want to see, you need to see the stones of the gods. It's a seven-hour hike from here. 
But you can always stay in one of the cabins down the road. Cabin in the woods. Let's not delay. such a scare. You know, this movie had, I think, potential in that it had modern-day conveniences. You know, this wasn't the 90s, early 90s, too. This was 2013 when they filmed it. Yeah. It's like it had all those modern conveniences that could have made the original version so much better. But no. <laughs> they went in a different direction with that. Yeah, this movie starts out with a, a cold open of these two people running. You don't know what from. Um, and they look like they're probably like backpacking. They drop their backpack and the, the guy gets carried off and then you hear the girl screaming and that's pretty much the whole opening. Yeah. Um. The whole time, you have no idea what they're running from. You never see it. And then the movie's about these two couples who go to Ireland. They get dropped off by this truck driver who tells them, you know, oh, the town's another, what do you say, two miles that way or something? I I think he just said, like, a short walk or something. Okay. And they were like, well, can you take us? He's like, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) And then he scuttered off, like, ha, 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 ha. (laughs) <laughs> he like jigged away. <laughs> so they go to this town, and uh, they're they're talking about all the things they're going to do on their last night in Ireland. And the the main girl, whose name was Sophie, yep, um, who is a budding history major. It's her lifelong dream since she was two to be history. <laughs> And uh, so she's talking about these, you know, landmarks and whatnot. And you can tell that nobody else cares. Yeah. And uh, some random fat dude rolls over from the next table. He's like, oh, well, you got to go to these stones. <laughs> he tells me, you know, they got to go to these special stones that aren't in any of the history books because they're the best kept secret in the village. The oldest thing in Ireland. So uh, he tells him he can take him to his camp or to his cabin which is just a short walk from the stones and they can stay there for the night so they go to this cabin and uh, that that night something tries to break in and they find out that they're locked in this cabin uh you never fully see the leprechaun in this movie no the whole time it's very like quick or blurry. It's blurry as fuck. It looked like somebody sneezed on the fucking lens. Yeah, it's awful. And the reason 
is because the makeup is atrocious. Yeah. It's clearly like one of those masks that covers the bottom half of your face. Yeah. And he couldn't move the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you said to someone, WWE Films is remaking The Leprechaun, they would jokingly say, what, are they going to cast Hornswoggle as The Leprechaun? Yeah. Yeah, they fucking did. And like, like I mentioned before in the other review, why? It was absolutely unnecessary to cast a, a little person in this. Because there were no clear shots of the leprechaun at all. Not a single one. You could have had a CGI leprechaun. Or sh- yeah, sure. And let's get into the bigger issue here. What? Why is this a leprechaun? I researched it pretty extensively. Like more than I probably should. More than it was like, <laughs> worth my time. But I couldn't find a single goddamn thing rep- referencing anything saying a leprechaun ever looked like like in any of the like mythology that looked like some kind of just feral beast thing. Like when when we first saw the trailer, you said it, it looks like a miniature version of the monsters from Feast. Yeah, which is pretty spot on. Yeah, this is exactly what it looks like. Yeah, it's and it's it's not magic. You actually you combine one of the things from uh, Feast with Pumpkinhead. Yeah, 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 and then shrink it. Yeah, just a little Pumpkinhead. <laughs> A little sugar um, pumpkin head. And it's not magic. No. Which just boggles my mind as to why they can't kill the fucking thing. Yeah. It's like, it's fast. Sure. People kill fucking cheetahs. Yeah. Get a gun, shoot it. <laughs> and it, every once in a while they'll show, like, the, the leprechaun's point of view, and it's, like, Predator. Yeah. But apparently it's attracted to gold. Yeah. That's another thing. Is that this okay? <laughs> there's, there's so much. The the backstory here is that this village had a, a cave where the leprechaun lived, mm-hmm. and the, the village converted the cave into a mine, and they took all the leprechaun's gold. And the leprechaun, instead of wanting his gold back, eats people, mm-hmm. and so they have to sacrifice outsiders. To the leprechaun, so the leprechaun doesn't attack their village. Apparently, they struck a deal with the leprechaun. Wow! And for some reason, there's gold involved. There's, yeah. there's no real explanation as to why there, there's gold, but like they used gold to lure him in. Yeah. I mean, um, like at one point, the the guy puts his watch outside the door, so the leprechaun will will come. Yeah. And there are just minute hair thin ties to like leprechaun lore um and it's like you know I think look at Wikipedia Wikipedia despite what people think it it, I think every year it grows in um legitimacy I guess it's, I think it becomes more and more of a legitimate reference source. I've noticed most of the time when you see fake things from Wikipedia, they're screenshots because someone changed it and then immediately took a screenshot because they know it's going to get changed within half an hour. Because <laughs> they have fact checkers, people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's what people that are just like naysayers about Wikipedia, they, like, they don't understand that. It's like they have people that fact check almost everything that gets changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, 
yeah, if you look at like just the Wikipedia page, like <laughs> now I'm now I'm to my point. If you look at the Wikipedia page of a, of a leprechaun, um, it's like basically described as a tiny magical being that actually apparently originally they were red, not green. Oh, that's kind of like a modernization apparently. Who apparently, as a rule and by trade, are cobblers, and um, that that doesn't touch any of these. Like, it's just this beast thing. Yeah, it's 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 almost like this village said, "Oh yeah, that's a leprechaun." <laughs> it's like that doesn't look like a leprechaun. Oh no, that's a leprechaun. All right, <laughs> I'm Irish. I know what a leprechaun is. It's like. I'm sorry, are you Irish? <laughs> I think I know what a goddamn leprechaun looks like. You know, I this whole movie, I was like, where's the Seamus uh, cameo? He's going to be in here somewhere. I know it. <laughs> I was really surprised he wasn't. <clears throat> um, there's, like I said before, there's just so much wrong with this movie. It's hard to cover it all. Uh, the story was very by the numbers. Oh, Absolutely. There was, like, it's almost like you could predict what was going to happen next. That's I, I told my girlfriend. I said everything in this movie is either super predictable or doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. Um, and then very archetypical characters. I mean, you've got like the the innocent girl who like you could pick out from the beginning of the, the movie. Yeah, she's going to be like the survivor girl. Then you've got the the doting yet kind of douchey boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got the Chad, the bro, yeah, yeah, and then you've got his slutty girlfriend, yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's that's every '80s horror movie ever. Um, and like very few similarities to the original. Oh, but one of them is none. one of them is bear traps. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, the guy does get, <laughs> does get caught in a bear trap, and uh, as he's running. He falls down, <laughs> and two of his friends are just like, well, fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> that was another thing about this movie. How many fucking times did people fall down while they're running in this? Like, half a dozen? Although, Total? like, this guy, for having his leg completely ripped open, he ran pretty well. Sure, yeah, yeah. He wasn't, like, Usain Bolton down the, the road or anything, but he he did okay, considering. Yeah. But, like, um, Sophie alone fell down, like, two, three times. Just running. Well, you know, stereotypical final girl. You gotta, you gotta fall down. Like, oh, I fell. <laughs> I fell again. <laughs> Klutzy me. <laughs> God damn, my throat's getting dry. Um, so, yeah, they... I saw somebody on Twitter said this. They were like... It's got to be awkward when you leave your friend to die and then have to stay in a cabin with him all night. <laughs> Just looking at you all night, it's like, you fucker. <laughs> you think I forgot, but I didn't. Um, pretty much the only benefit to this movie is some of the effects. Like, not the look of the leprechaun, for sure. This is, this is like the opposite of what I said about the original. <laughs> the look of the leprechaun is terrible, but, like, when the guy gets his leg ripped open, you can see, like, the muscles and stuff, and it looks pretty cool. Or, like, the scene with the axe. That was pretty good. Yeah. I didn't see that coming, either. <laughs> well, I saw it coming, like, 
a second before it happened. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, there is no saving grace to this movie. Yeah. It was like I mentioned that I actually took notes on this because I didn't want to forget any of the stupid shit. It's like when, when <coughs> Oculus came out, we were like, oh, maybe WWE Films can put out some good movies. And then they're like, nope. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, other dumb things that they just used to advance the story that didn't make any sense. Like, apparently, like you said, his, like, kind of predator vision is, like, almost night vision type thing. Yeah. Um, whenever he sees something gold, kind of lights up. Yeah. Uh, except for a handprint that revealed the Sophie's secret hiding spot. <laughs> Like it was like it was like <clears throat> heat vision and gold vision, but the heat vision was also gold, which is bullshit. <laughs> like everything was gold. Yeah, it's stupid <laughs> as fuck. Um, and, and the leprechaun doesn't talk. No, he, he just makes almost like predator noises. Yeah, like I said, he's just a beast. He's just yeah. <laughs> um, and there's one point where. He, uh, he pulls someone's like a, this. There's a girl. She's wearing a gold tongue stud. Oh yeah. And so he goes for it and rips it out of her tongue. Who wears a gold tongue stud? I've never seen that. I neither have I. I don't think I've ever seen you, a gold tongue stud. I think that's healthy. I think like that has to be stainless steel. Well, people get gold fillings. Well, I guess that's true. But still, who does that? Also, they should have cast somebody with a split tongue in that role just so they could do like weird tongue things yeah if nothing else for like the the close-up yeah um stunt tongue <laughs> um talked about the camera just total horseshit i mean like every time like like i said the it looked like they smeared vaseline on the lens or it was just somebody sneezed on the lens or something every time the, the leprechaun was on on camera yeah. um Never, when anybody else was on the camera, just the leprechaun. <laughs> and like you said, just that was just probably just to cover up the shitty makeup and creature effects. And the leprechaun is also not very good at his job. No. Like, at one point, he has the four main characters tied to trees, and he still can't kill anyone. <laughs> yeah, not only that, but they managed to escape... And attack him. Yeah, he actually, like, frees one of them. Because he goes to slash him and he cuts the ropes. Right. <laughs> not very smart. Smart enough to tie them up. Not smart enough to know not to cut the ropes. Well, he didn't tie them up. Townspeople tied them up. Was that what it was? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, regardless. Um, um, but yeah, just... just doo-doo all over the place. Yeah, this movie was complete bullshit. Uh, it, it really has no reason to call itself Leprechaun. No. Um, it was completely devoid of any creativity or anything of interest. This movie had absolutely nothing going for it. And I don't I don't think we really talked about the, the difference. This is why I wanted to do the old leprechaun second because we could compare the two 
this leprechaun, like we've mentioned, is just this beast. No magic, no personality, just a killing machine. As opposed to the actual real leprechaun, where he's got a personality about him. He's got a sense of humor. He's he 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 can dig at you. You, you know, um, you know the, the characters in Leprechaun. They were intimidated by his personality a little bit. I think. I mean, aside from it's kind of like Freddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, aside from the fact that he's like this, you know, vengeful killing Leprechaun, his sense of humor, like his kind of sick sense of humor and his way to intimidate people through that humor that was all part of it that was all part of the whole experience yeah and that's what this movie was definitely missing was that addition of the leprechaun as a person it could have been anything it could have been like mentioned like when they first not really see but they see the leprechaun kind of like charging towards them and um what's his name uh, Hamish, Hamish, yeah, um, he uh, scares him off with a shotgun, and he says it's a wild boar. It could have been a fucking wild boar. It would have been the same movie. Yeah, like you could call this movie fucking Wendigo. Yeah, and it's the same thing. Yeah, and I think that's essentially fucking Snape. You could call this movie Snape. <laughs> um, and it, it could have been anything, and I think it's just a tacked on title to um, capitalize on an existing franchise. I mean, just again. Yeah. Uh, it was really disappointing. Um, it, I'm just I'm blown away by why they felt they had to use Hornswoggle. It's, it's a WWE movie. Like, if, if WWE makes a movie, you can be assured there's going to be a wrestler in it. Oculus? Well, Oculus was apparently the exception to the rule. Well, yeah, it's like like you mentioned, like when we saw that, we were kind of hoping they'd move away from that, but it's very clear that they haven't. Yeah, I mean, here's hoping that the Sasuke sisters can override I'm, WWE films I'm for Sino Evil Two. I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping uh, because that appears to have a decent cast. Um, and then, uh, God, what's what's the movie with uh, Big Show? Is it Vengeance? Is that Vendetta. It? Vendetta. <clears throat> Hoping that's good too. Yeah. Um, well, it's got Dean Kane in it, so you know it's going to be good. Is that, is that Dean Kane? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <at> Dean Kane. <laughs> um. Anyway, I'm kind of upset by the fact that I had to watch this. The the end of the movie. Like, I'm not going to give anything away, but the end of the movie. Is so goddamn stupid. Like, I want to talk to you about it off mic because I don't want to spoil anything, but I do want to get into it a little more. Okay. But it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No. Which just fits with the rest of the movie. Yeah. This, this movie was disappointment after disappointment. Um, the only other similarity to the original was there was one line that was in both movies. Yeah. I don't 
want to say what it is. I think it might give something away if I did. I don't know. I, I actually have it in my notes because I didn't remember that it was in the original. And so it's really... It doesn't fit this movie. No, because this one, it's, it's a very corny line. Yeah. So it fits in with the original more than it does this. Yeah. It seems very out of place and Definitely. stupid. But in, in a way, that does fit because this movie was just stupid. Yeah, true. Um, so, I mean, this falls pretty in line. I think our review here falls pretty in line with most reviews that you'll read. I think this movie was pretty universally hated by everyone, especially if they're a fan of the original. That's what I've gotten. Yeah, so. Um, numbers? Um, I will say that the since I did like the effects of the kills, that I'm going to give it half a point for that. And that's the only thing I'm giving it. So I'm giving it a one and a half. All right. Um, I'm not going to give it that benefit. Uh, I'm going to give it a one. That's a hard one. <laughs> if I could give it a zero, I would. That's what she said. Yep. The hard one, not the zero. There you go. Um, yeah. I, when I see movies like this, it makes me reconsider our one to ten. I'm starting to think maybe we should do zero to ten. Just so we can reserve a zero for movies like this. We can't change now, though, can we? It's our show. We can do what we want. Are we going to retroactively go back and give Six Degrees of Hell a zero? <laughs> no, that's too much work. Um, but I will give a lot of movies benefit of the doubt and just take it for what it is and try to appreciate something in it. But this movie had nothing. So, yeah. One, and I'm sticking to that. So... That is another episode down. Um, we will be back with another episode in two weeks. Yep, and uh, we're going to be reviewing As Above, So Below. Is that what it's called? Uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, as well as... As Above, So Below, yes. Yeah, as well as An American Werewolf in Paris. Yeah, tell them why. Uh, it's the French Connection. <laughs> No, tell them why. No. <laughs> it's because Taylor always snags up the good movies that are in theaters or the ones The good that, movies like Leprechaun Origins? Well, not this, this Yeah. Not so. not this one. But no, he always takes up the pop, takes the easy to pick the, the low hanging fruit as it was. So I'm punishing him by making him watch a, a string of shitty movies. So You got to watch them too, so. You know what? I can deal with that. <laughs> Suffer. You know, I'm sitting here complaining about Leprechaun Origins nonstop. We were both complaining about it. I think we just did like a half hour of complaining. <laughs> anyway, so um, but that's... it does fit. There's there's the theme there, so it it works. So if you have input on either of those movies, please send it to us. Um, graveplotpodcast at gmail dot com. You can either write it or you can record an MP three and send it to us. Or if you can keep it under three minutes, you can leave us a voicemail at eight five eight eight four eight plot. Or you can do uh, ancient Indian smoke signals. Yeah, you could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could send us a letter. Snail mail. Yep. <laughs> we won't a, give you our address. Send but, us a postcard. Yeah. Um, Just put Grave Plot Podcast, Seattle, Washington. See what happens. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. And here at the Grave Plot Podcast, we're all just a little dead inside.
night. I 